coach. My stuff got cold this year where I'm sure you guys had this too, where like the, it was the first couple weeks of the year where it was like negative nine in Georgia, which is like unheard of for like a week. It killed the bushes in my front yard. What's up, everyone? Welcome to episode 525, and we are talking with Casey Gannon from Cannon Fire Reptiles. We're going to be talking about, yes, you guessed it, Morelia Breadline, much, much more to that. We're going to be talking about uh, his experience with ball pythons and some of the struggles he had coming from breeding carpet pythons and breadline. We talk about Casey's uh, new approach for breeding rodents. I think the other thing I appreciated about this episode was that on the last time we had Casey on talking about finding the brettles in the wild, I didn't get to talk in that episode, and in this one, we get to hit on that. We also talked about when he found a diamond python, too. I mean, how can you not? Let's get into it. Another episode of Morality Python Radio. This is episode 525, and we're joined by Casey Cannon. We haven't talked to Casey in, God, it feels like forever. Well, <laughs> well there was that. There was, the, there was the lost, the lost episode. episode. <laughs> yes. The lost I've got a new phone since then. I've got a new phone <laughs> since then, so we're okay. Okay. <laughs> that, was, that was a good hour or two with you and Billy Hunt that no one will ever hear. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> That was actually pretty good talk. It was. And then, you know, we disappeared and try to clean it up <laughs> on the internet. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah. So we're going to talk to Casey about uh, obviously bread lie. Probably. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, maybe. Yeah. Um, I feel like I, I must have not been on the episode. I kind of remember like a while we had some kind of. This was years ago. We had like a bread lie roundtable, and I think you talked about finding them in the wild on that show. There was, was a roundtable. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was like I had just gotten back from Australia and then mm, we did the yeah. round table. So we like do the round table. And then the last like 45 minutes of the episode is me talking about the trip. Okay. I, that, yeah. that, that must have been one of those round tables where you're like, we have set it up. We have 12 guests. Oh, and I'm feeling ill. You handle it. And I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. So, yeah, I wasn't there. Yeah. I wasn't there. I can't remember why, but for, yeah, probably for whatever a reason. lung issue. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. yeah, you know how that goes. <laughs> but, um, yeah, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about uh, we got reptile uh, industry stuff to talk about. Uh, we have the hot take we'll, we'll get uh, since we're on this uh, hot take of inbreeding, mm. depression. <laughs> we've yeah. had uh, who, Ryan. Yep. Who have we had so far? Ryan, Ryan Young, Nick. Nick Mutton. Yeah. And who is the first one that we had to talk about? Does Lucas know. talk? Does Lucas count? Lucas did. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, that was on yeah. the Patreon, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, what's going on with you before we get in with Casey? Me? Absolutely yeah. nothing. It is splendid. Going, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm waiting on eggs from several carpets, and this is this week is going to be Christmas because I got white lips and dun eye coming this week. So yeah. So what is this? A flip flop? Uh, the white lips. The white lips are a trade. I, I sent okay. a I sent a gold female to lisa and she's sending me a black uh male so then that gets me back up to 2.2 of blacks and i don't even know how many golds at this point there's one oh, less <laughs> so, oh. okay um so that's that and then the uh the dun eye or something 
that uh, I was working out with a friend. So yeah, yeah, very cool, very very cool. Um, and then no more snakes. I swear, no more for yeah, a while. Okay, <laughs> no, we're done. We're done for a while. Sure. Stop. Um, I wanted to. Uh, what did I want to? What do I have? No, I really don't have anything to go. Mm. No, I just started. Um, I paired up the diamond python, so we'll hey, see my, what goes on with my that. Red light were locked this morning, man. So. Okay. Winter breeding time or spring breeder time. Yeah. Yeah. I see a lot of clutches dropping, which is cool. This year is going to be like somehow all of a sudden this year turned into a year for granites because I have counted at least four people who have clutches of granites coming. Yeah. Straight granite IJs. So I I saw Balin produce granites. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Is that with you? No. uh, My female, my head. Oh, he went solo. Uh, yeah, well, my het female that I had with him, I think she passed. And then uh, I don't know if he kept some of the babies back and raised them up. And that's where we're at. Um, or if he just went out and found himself a new het. Um, but that's he's got a pair. I know Kohler's got a pair. Um, I want to say Joe's making pre- hats with a outcross farm bread project. So nice. See, yeah, you can build up a cool project soon. Yeah. So I saw he produced Nova Guineas too. Uh, he got a clutch. Eric Kohler. Yeah. A clutch. Yeah. Eric Kohler's on a tear right now. He's got a ton of clutches on the ground. And then Billy Hunt's got that. He put that one Maclots Python basking belly up. And I'm like, I'll take her. Just give me her. You can keep the eggs. Give me her and I'll bring her here. So, yeah. Billy, uh, I have some stuff going to Billy, I guess, now that the weather is starting to warm up. But mm-hmm. um, he sent me some coastal stuff. Holy shit, dude! It's Sen- really starting Sen- to come into Sen- color. You coastal stuff? Oh. Yeah. Look at you! You're like you're sliding into the background of becoming like the king of coastals all of a sudden again. You got caramel stuff from me. You're getting stuff from Billy. I I, I see you back there. Mm-hmm. I see you hiding. Yeah. Yes. My Brisbane though, my female, mm. right, mm. has the same thing that that male had. Uh, remember. Remember the face was. Oh, swollen? are you kidding me again? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's something with those snakes in particular, or I don't know. I'm I'm down to two Brisbans now. I got a male. I got an adult male and a baby female. So well, maybe it's because of inbreeding. I don't maybe. know. <laughs> I was going to bring that up with because we'll talk. We'll talk Brisbans later. Casey's like, yeah. I'm so glad you segued into that now. Yes. Not when later. <laughs> like it's- So let's yeah, let's stop rambling. Let's get let's get the combo going. Uh what's so how you been, man? Yes. Yeah. Long time no talk. What's up? How you been? Good? Me? Yes. Yeah, you yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. I was like, okay, I don't know if you're still talking to Owen or not. But no. yeah, yeah, yeah. Forget that guy. I've been, uh, He's like, in I don't the process care. of up- upgrading my room. Uh I've rewired a couple new uh I had a couple like old wires. In my uh, in my snake room that mm. honestly uh, escaped rats have chewed, so oh. I've had to like cut them, strip them down, put new wiring on top of them, so I don't have uh, garage fire. That's, so yeah. that's literally like, what I've been doing this afternoon. Just preventing fires, oh. good, good. Yeah, good preventing thing. fires, yeah. rewiring stuff because uh, whether we like to admit our hobby is or not, it's uh, there's a lot of like really basic like plumbing, electrical. Like there's a lot of little life skills you have to have to be able to do uh reptile keeping well. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm learning yeah. how to solder. 
so I can start like yeah, I need to learn my, how to do that. I, I, that's, that's like one thing left for me to learn how to do is basic I, I, soldering. I've been watching several YouTube videos. I'm going to go get all the gear and I'm going to solder myself some LED lights and stuff. And yes, see, this is the one thing I am good at because I know this from the guitar. You know, you want to change your pickup out. You got to solder the new pickup in. You know what I mean? So what? you do. Yeah. Huh. Heck yeah. I did not know that. <laughs> when you're a poor, struggling musician, man, you know, you can't, you got to learn to do that shit you yourself. You can't just walk and grab one of your other mini guitars. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> it doesn't work like that. Okay. So we're, you know, I was curious. I think the last time we talked to you, you were upgrading caging and doing some kind of rack verse or, or slash hybrid cage thing is that still something you're working with has that worked so, out i have that it's, it worked great mm, um yeah. it's my parents house right now i haven't brought it up here uh-huh. yet so it exists it works phenomenally i just don't have it in use right now it's in storage in the basement but okay. so for people that don't know maybe explain uh, what that what is you, yeah. what your idea was so what that cage was was it's basically a two by three by two enclosure, right? Except you could just pull it out like a shelf. So basically, I tried to make a cage that had the benefits of a rack, but I could still use radiant heat panels because I prefer radiant heat panels or light bulbs mm-hmm. over um, over heat tape. And then mm-hmm. I wanted to be able to have something where I could have shelving. I only used it for my male brittles, which I keep my male brittles very small. Right. So. You know, they do pretty well in like a two by three by two enclosure because they're like four feet long and 800 grams. Hmm. You know, the question that I get asked a lot about brettles is like, like you have quite a big group of them. What's your biggest female? What's the size of your biggest female? The biggest one I have ever had, which she died a couple of years ago of hmm. uh, a spinal tumor. She was like eight foot two. Okay. And I'd say I haven't really taken anything out to measure it per se, but... I've got a few that are probably like seven and a half feet at this point. Mm. Okay. I've heard people say like, oh, they're 10 footers. There's nine footers. I've never seen one, but there was an <laughs> animal at last Daytona that right. I wanted to get out because it probably was, it was the biggest brettles python I've ever seen in my entire life. It was gigantic. Was it like an overfed brettles? Oh, yeah, like well, no, no, still like, I want to pull this thing out because it's still looks huge. like a Burmese python. <laughs> I, uh, uh, I, they're deceptively large because I think I pulled my big adult female out and I'm like, come on. And then, oh, crap, it's still coming. I'm like, oh, all right. So I, they, they can be deceptive when that comes. But especially always see them curled up. But I mean, that's exactly. that way with any arboreal python is when they're curled right. up, you're like, OK, I got a gist of how big you are. And then you start pulling them out and you're like, oh, you're about like 40 percent bigger than I thought you were. <laughs> right. <laughs> you have like three more feet to you than I thought. Yeah. You know, to me, scrub pythons were always the king of that because they're also a little bit on the slender. Oh, scrubs are yeah. crazy for that. They're yeah. supposed to be slender, right? Yeah. Let's say that. Uh, you, typically, they're not, but they're supposed to be. But if you're keeping them right and you take it out and you're like, whoa, you know. <laughs> I'm running out shit. of space behind me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I think I jokingly um, described a scrub to a friend who didn't know what it was. Like, imagine a carpet python that you grab by the tail. And then swung it around your head so it like stretched out like a piece of silly buddy, and that's like the general body plan of a scrub python. I mean, I, I mean, you're not wrong. It's like uh, it's like how it's a Owen Pelly python. What was it like? Imagine a children's python on roids, like it was that. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I uh, yeah, I get that question a lot about Brettles, and you know, I my experience has always been, you know, well, we've talked about it all the time where it's like, you know, there's always these outliers that are like one-offs of animals that maybe are nine feet, maybe ten feet, or whatever the case mm-hmm. would be, but typically you're looking at about seven foot, which right. is kind of like, you know, which is a doable uh, size snake. So. What 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 have you been up to with brettles like since the last time we talked? So as far as the brettle stuff goes, I um, since I moved, I I'm, I well I moved and I started grad school right. Mm-hmm. So okay. I have not been putting as much like hardline focus in my reptile room as I did mm-hmm. in the past. So mm-hmm. I actually took a year off last year. Okay, and I even like sent a couple things off to some friends. So Billy bred um, a couple of my brettles over at his place last time. And I didn't have any babies at all, which honestly I'm glad about because I don't know if I could have dealt with a bunch of baby brittles pythons. But <laughs> it's, I mean, it's I'm, I'm giving to... them to try this year. I haven't cooled them down as hard as I would when I was like really trying. Okay. Uh-huh. But I also don't want like eight clutches of brittles pythons. <laughs> if so, it happens, it happens. You know. You know it's, it ha- yeah. I, I hope it doesn't. But you know, <laughs> it's quite. It's. It's. What did you think about taking the year off? What was your What was your feeling? Um, well, I didn't necessarily do it on purpose, and I still bred stuff. It's just I, like I said, I've had some life shifts in the last mm. couple of years to where right. I'm just, and I'm trying to get like get to the point where I do refocus on my reptile room because, you know, I want to start breeding reptiles again that aren't ball pythons. Because mm-hmm. ball pythons will breed no matter what. Ball pythons are the easiest snake in the world to breed. Right. right. They're not exactly the easiest snake in the world to get feeding and get going. Mm-hmm. We can talk about that later, but let's talk about Brettles pythons. Yeah. But, um, I mean, taking a year off, I think, was uh, I think it was a good thing. I think it let my females get a little bit bigger. Um, it gave me a, some time to start thinking about how I want to upgrade things, where I want to move stuff to. So... I think having a lighter yeah. year last year was it, it, it was a good thing for me. Yeah, me too. I found that similar to what you're saying, kind of like let's gives you a, a minute to take a breath, you know, mm. uh, especially after like coming off of a crazy season where you've had more than expected. <clears throat> it, well, that year I was planning on having one of my biggest years ever. It just oh really? Just I also happen? well I. I had enough stuff to do it for once, right. but it was also like, I don't want to be like doing this intensive cool down that I would do before I moved, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because well, you know, my old system, which is still in my mind, probably the best system for it. Uh, for me, at least, uh, it was one that involved me taking them out of their enclosure, putting them in containers, moving them to somewhere cold and then moving them back at night. Which, oh, Right, when you get yeah. to a big group, especially when you have to move them up and down stairs like I did. It's a lot of snakes. It's a lot of snakes. Yeah. And I mean, it, it took a while to, to get that going. And it's so also like, okay, that. I have to go up to the snake room at 9, load everything up, hopefully be done with that by 9.45. And then I got to be up at like, I don't know, 6 or 7 to get them up because I only keep the lights on for like 8 to 6 hours in the wintertime. So I can't just be late going into the reptile room. Right. Jeez. Man, that's a pain in the ass. Yeah, it's a huge pain <laughs> in the balls. <laughs> yeah. 
So Holy the way shit. I got it set up now, I think the other room's going to get colder. Mm-hmm. So I might not have to do that anymore. And I also might, I'm also probably not going to be focusing as hard on trying to get a hundred percent success for Combrettles Pythons. Right. Yeah. That's a little bit have of a double edged sword there. <laughs> have you, uh, do you feel that you have them dialed in now with all the years that you've been breeding them? Um, I, if I absolutely had to, I think I could get maybe not a hundred percent success rate, but I could get close. It's uh-huh. just, it would, it would have to be a time I had more focus to do it. Gotcha. You know, what, and again, what, I'm trying to get back into being able to do that. I just, I've had yeah. other, other stuff going on. Yeah. Gotcha. And you don't want to, you kind of want to ease back into that kind of stuff. You don't want to like go from like zero to 80 cause then you'll, you'll lose your freaking mind. So yeah. When you say focus, like what, 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 what are you, for the listeners, like what, what are you getting at? Like, what are you focusing on? Just the, 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 the cycle of the temperature, making sure it's that you're doing temperature it. cycling. It's making sure everything has been fed to the level that I think they're safe to be bred at. Right. It's, it's really spending a lot more time in the reptile room, which I haven't for the last year and a half or yeah. so. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I still go in there. It's just, yeah, it's, yeah. it hasn't been a huge life priority. So it's dealing with, babies. it's kind of weird where it, shifted to not being a huge life part priority in a time when I had grown my collection to be bigger than it's ever been before by virtue of, you know, holdbacks reaching the right age to breed and me kind of going balls to the wall with new stuff because mm-hmm. I got a lot of new stuff since, I mean, the first episode we ever had, I think I had like seven brettles and that's yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I was looking at your Instagram. I mean, you got, you got ball pythons, you have, uh, colubrids, you have uh, what you had some uh, rainbow boas and other types of pythons. What, why the why the just, the uh, joy of diversifying? And how many brella are you sitting on right now? Um, I don't know. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> so let me put it this way I built six <laughs> new adult cages that are going to be filled with things that have been growing up since my first clutch of brettles, and I'm still going to have a few more tubs of sub adults. That, you know, babies that are turning into sub-adults that are going to be moved into tubs. And if they don't move, they're eventually going to get new cages too. So Casey's falling into the Owen problems so of, uh, I built these cages stuff already inside them. It's like, Oh crap. All right. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Yeah. So, I mean, part of that too was just, I, I, I had a little bit more disposable income to get into more projects. Mm-hmm. I had at the time, more time, uh, right. you know, during the pandemic, you're like, hey, I've got nothing to do but play on Morph Market. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, <clears throat> I feel that that's sort of why my season is off. Is exactly what. That's why I was asking that question. Is sort of, I felt like going into the season, I didn't do my normal preparations, mm-hmm. getting the females, you know, good solid meals, and you know, good size, and they just have a look to them where you feel confident that. They'll be able to uh, produce a clutch of eggs and not die. Um, uh, so my biggest issue was when I moved the new room that I moved them into, uh-huh. I was able to keep it a lot hotter. Oh, and okay. I did. And I was still like my females were good, but I was still feeding my males on the same diet I was doing in a colder room. Uh-huh. And I had males lose some body condition to where I just didn't think they were ready to go. And then I put them with girls and they definitely weren't ready to go. Wow. So. My issue was more along the lines of I 
I was trying to adapt to a different room. Plus, I was keeping more tropical stuff than I'd ever been used to. Mm. So I'm trying to figure out how to make it so that the ball pythons will eat and the brittles pythons will breed. And it's a very, very hard juggling act to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a tough yeah, that's one. A, that's about, that's, yeah. So I've changed it up where there's different rooms and stuff like that now. Because um, they're in a an above-ground garage apartment. So I've got two rooms plus a bathroom. Okay. Okay. And I was really dumb with the setup of that room at first where the back room gets a lot colder than the front room. But I kept the tropical stuff in the back room and the warm stuff in the front, or the cold weather stuff in the front room. Yeah, got it. So I'm trying to like switch all that over so that the stuff that needs to get colder in the winter can get colder in the winter and the stuff that needs to stay warm can stay warmer. Mm. Hmm, Interesting. Did you uh, did you ever get into like any of the other colder species of carpets or are you just sticking with the Um, I have inlands. Okay, cool. Cool. Yeah, I've got uh, young inlands that I'm raising up. I've got the uh, the mongrel inlands. Yeah, I was going to say, don't you have some kind of morph inlands of some sort? It's yeah, albino, yeah, I've, got, right? I've got the mongrel inlands, too. Yeah. That are uh, 75% inland possible head albino stuff, which that was kind of like just a – when me and Billy Hunt went to Schaumburg, mm. we've been talking about like fun different projects like that for a while. So we picked up a couple of different things. Like Some of it was stuff that we're going to do together. Some of it was like – and we got a Todd's table and was like, hey, we've got this like wholesale lot of – 75% inland possible head albinos for like 80 bucks each. And I'm like, screw it. Let's just, I'm just going to get these, you know, it's a 5.3 group. So. Okay. Yeah. It's um, <clears throat> say what you will about crossing that kind of stuff. But I, when you look at Australia's albino, they're the best looking albino carpet. They just are. Uh, they're killer, man. You know, you've seen them, right? Owen? The albino inlands inlands. Yeah. I have seen them. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. The, there's something about it's almost they look like uh, they're pink, like sherbet. And, yeah, <laughs> I don't know, man. It's like it's great orange sherbet. <laughs> yeah, it's some sort of push pop man, uh, monstrosity. Got it. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Um, that was weird. Okay, the diamond fall off a thing. <laughs> no, the Aki did. Oh, <laughs> every every once in yeah. a while I hear a rough scale python fall off a ledge, and I'm like, yeah, it's cool. Don't hurt yourself. <laughs> So, yeah. All right, cool. Uh so man, you've produced so you you're working with all the lines and all the different morphs of brettles and do you have a favorite? Uh Hypo Stonewash is my favorite. That's your favorite. Yeah. Hard to beat. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Yeah. I mean, I've, I I like the genetic stripe stuff for just just cuz it's unique. Mm-hmm. It's not my favorite uh-huh. look. They're not really my favorite. Um, it's not my favorite look because I kind of take away some of the color that I like. Yeah. The hypos uh-huh. are fantastic. The hypogenetic stripes, like they're perfectly lined and they have the color. Mm-hmm. So those are cool. But I mean, I think you can go on my Instagram and see a picture of a hypogenetic stripe next to a hypo stonewash and the hypo stonewash still blows it away. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. I did see that picture. Uh, and, you know, it's it, so I'm curious of your thoughts on this. Me, Owen and Lucas were talking about this. I guess it was on the Patreon, maybe. I, I think can't so. Remember, or Carpets and Coffee, one of them, one of them. But we were t- Lucas had brought up that the idea that um, and maybe he talked to you about this. I'm not sure. But that 
the hypo is actually a uh, what a normal brettles would be. No, he said that um, the, the lazy the wild type, right? The wild type. And that's, the late and the lazy. Is- I mean, this was. I, I talked to Lucas about that, but this started from a conversation I was having with Travis Wyman. Okay, where okay. we're like, look, no one's this good at selective breeding. When you look <laughs> at the hypo brettles, and then you look at these dark ones we have in captivity. Like, yes, I understand the argument of sunlight makes them a little bit more red. Um, but I don't see how it would make the ones that have super dark, like half black, half red look, you know, those really dark outlines on the back of the tail mm-hmm. uh-huh. that our captive yep. ones do that you don't see pictures of wild ones having. And keep in right. mind too, like there's not that many pictures of wild brittles out there. There's only like 20 or 30 of them, right. but none mm-hmm. of them have that look. Which makes me wonder if it's just the population that got collected for captivity right. has that look. And then everywhere yeah. else they look like what we would call hypos or what we would call afors. I mean, yeah. I'd say, I I love the theory. And then, uh, what is it? Uh, ben Frame got that one that was, that's got a ton of black on it. So it's like, well, yeah, I talked to him about that at Daytona, I think. Yeah, so is there potentially some melanin stuff going on with the lines that we have with LASIK line and stuff like that? Hence the darkness. So I mean, I I like the theory. It's cool. <laughs> so, yeah, I support it. Because I mean, you look at the hypo. What we're calling hypo brettles, it does two completely. It does two things that are not related to each other, but we act like they are. <laughs> the hypo will increase the amount of red and orange, which I think you could say that's done with selective breeding. Yeah. Right. And then it decreases the amount of black outlines and they are not connected to each other through a gene or anything like that. It's just that's the look we kind of picked is the hypo. And you even get animals with pretty solid dark outlines sometimes when you breed two full blooded hypo animals together. Really? Yeah, I've I've hatched out. It was kind of disappointed. The last clutch I did where I got full blooded hypo stonewashed brittles, the one that was the most washed out Mm. also like had the overall like dark outlines of a normal wild wild type whatever you want to call it brettles it didn't have the hypo look but it was like the most washed out stone wash i've ever made because you ever heard me complain about the stone washes i make they're not that like extreme as a matter of fact there's a few people around me that have stone wash brettles mm. uh-huh. that don't know they have them <laughs> <laughs> oh shit because i hatched out a couple of them where it's like Okay, they have they're clearly stonewashed, they're pink because it's like stonewashes are pink when they come out. But it's uh-huh. got like one little like washed out spot right on the back of its head mm. and that's it. Interesting. Huh. So, there's a few people around me that have they were just like, "Hey, I just want a pet brettles python. Would you sell me one?" I'm like, "Yeah, here you go. You can This one's going to look really nice when it's an adult." Mm. So, right, I'm thinking right that stonewash is like a form of piebald it's, type of it's incomplete dominant. That's what I'm sorry. Yeah. No, yeah. no, no. Like that's that's a controversial thing to say, but it's it's completely incomplete dominant. Hmm. There's markers for it, and there's markers for it in lines whether or not they have hypo blood or not. Hmm. Where well, I <clears throat> I know what you're talking about. Yes. I don't it, know if that's a secret, so I won't say. No, <laughs> I mean we've said it enough, and at this point, like. Let's let's talk about it. Here are the markers for yeah. hypo. Here's the bro, here are the Do markers it. for stonewashed brittles in heads. 
If you flip them up on that first third of their body, they're going to have white spots on their, uh, on their belly scales. Usually a brittle's python has, uh, yellow stomachs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. With headstone wash, sometimes it's several of them. Sometimes it's just one. Like it may be like half of one little scale. And sometimes it's like, you got a patch of them. And that is in every line. It's not just the hypo line. It's in the Lasix as well. Because the stonewash popped up in the hypo and the LASIK. Yep. Independently. And independently. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. Yes, that happened. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Uh Honestly, though, I do kind of, there's another theory that I've kind of played around with for a little while that I think the stonewash gene just came from the wild, where I think that, like, a percentage of brittles in the wild probably just have the stonewash gene in them. Cause it's not that extreme a gene, you know, yeah. right. it's something right. that yeah. if it was in the wild population, it's not going to hurt them. If anything, it may even help them a little bit, Hide a, little they're bit just a little bit more of a broken pattern. Yeah. I mean, it's a pretty subtle trait at the end of the day. So my, I, I kind of would bet that the stonewash thing is just a percentage of them in the wild have it. Yeah. I could, I could I see be that. Surprised. Yeah, <clears throat> I haven't you seen know, a picture I, of one, but there's only yeah. like 30 pictures of wild brittles out there that I've seen. Yeah. There's not a commonly found animal. And you just stumbled upon. Yeah, it, just right? walked right on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't really. I wasn't even trying to like be a jerk about that with my like. Oh, there's just not a lot of pictures. But yeah, yeah, no, we. Uh, me and my buddy in 2018, we found one within about 24 hours of being in Alice in the Trofina Gorge, Alice Springs area. That's awesome. Yeah. Never found another one. Never found another <laughs> one. But we found one, and it so was a big one. Don't need another one. One's good. It check. Yeah. So. So so I got a question for you. What's your thoughts on the? Uh, rarity of seeing them in the wild is it just where they're from is just hard to get to or there's not a lot of people there or not a lot of people going there or is it you know they're in these rock crevices sort of sort of like the impelling python right i i, I think i'm gonna say yes to all that mm-hmm. okay where okay i don't know if they're like a densely populated snake i don't know there's mm-hmm. no way of us knowing that right now i mean it'd be cool if somebody went out and kind of did like a density study on them but right right they're from a very specialized environment where I don't really think they're out in the desert very often. For the most part, they're in the gorges. They're along the, uh, the riverbanks mm-hmm. because when you're driving out there, it's very distinct, right? There's uh-huh, spinifex, right. there's rocks, and then you'll hit an area where it's not even a, a running river. It's a dry riverbed. And then mm-hmm. there's the gum trees, the eucalyptus trees. Mm-hmm. You've got the gorges that give them a little bit more of a, um, a place to hide and it's a lot warmer in those places too that was something we noticed was when you get into the gorge really? at night it's like a little heat pocket mm-hmm. versus when you get out of it it gets about room temperature when we were there it gets a lot colder but when we were there it was like blazing hot during the day and then like like 65 is a low at night hmm. wow but it's a little bit warmer inside those gorges i wonder is that is that I'm thinking of like when we were in Texas with uh, Justin and um, Phil and, mm-hmm. and the group and whatnot. But I remember we were in that um, 
uh, where were we? Big Bend National Park. Yeah. And when we went into the gorge and we were walking through the gorge, it was like 100 degrees yes. at midnight. <laughs> it was crazy. Yep. Huh. Interesting. I but, never yeah, would have. As far as the, the, like the, the rarity of finding one in the wild, too, it's, that place sucks. Like it just does. <laughs> so people don't really like go out there to go explore and go hiking around. Right. Um, you do see a lot of pictures of brettles in the water, mm. which. I don't know if that's just a uh, like the same idea of like shark attacks happen thirty feet close to the shore. Why is that? Because that's when people that's when they they cross, right? That's where <laughs> right. people, people and these animals just shark. run into each other. Yeah, right. Or if it's that brettles need some time to cool down and hang out around the water all the time, which also is a possibility because that's where most of the food is going to be. Right, right. Yeah, isn't there a picture of the one? I think it's in the book, right? Where uh, there was a brettles python in the, in the water and. I think it was some type of bird, right? That came down. There's a couple pictures of, there's a few pictures of Brettles pythons eating in the wild and it's always a bird and they're always in the water. There's a picture that was floated around for a little while of one that was eating a duck in the water. I don't think that one was in the book. And then I think the one in a book, he was eating like a magpie or a, he was eating some kind of like bird of prey or a magpie or something, right? Yeah. 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 I think so. Huh? Yeah. I think there's one more where it's eating like some kind of sparrow. So there's a few pictures, and it's always the brittles hunting in the water, eating a bird that was coming up to drink or coming up to swim. I don't know how you feel about this, right? But like, I found that when I, when we go to Australia, I have to keep in the back of my mind. I was just talking about this the other day. It's like, yeah, you're getting a snapshot of what's happening in the wild, but it's just this brief little. It's just a snapshot. Every time you yeah. find something in the, in the wild, it's just a snapshot. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you could try to make the best, you know, with that information, but to come back and say, oh, well, carpets do this or brettles do this or whatever. It's, it, yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, you got stories like that of people like, hey, I went to America one time and it was New York City on uh, Thanksgiving. It's like, yeah, yeah, it's not yeah, that good picture. A, like, you came on a great time, but it's, it's not an terrible. accurate picture of America. Like, yeah, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> 100%. Why would you do that? <laughs> oh, interesting. So in in just just to flip it back real quick, you're saying how hot it was in these gorges, but when you found the diamond python in the tree, wasn't it like freezing cold? Yeah, it was literally um it it was freezing cold literally in the uh in the shadows at night. There's a little bit of frost not in all the places, but in like some little crevices and stuff like that around there, mm. you would see a little bit of frost. It was, uh, I think in my tent, it was 42 when Jeez. I woke up that morning. Wow. Okay. So. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I did. Such a, such a weird Python they are, man. Mm-hmm. So, so mm-hmm. different, you know, this. And it does get that cold where Brettles live too. In fact, I think it gets a little bit colder where Brettles live than it does where Diamonds live. Because wow. I've seen temperatures where it hits like 27, 28 Fahrenheit. At night, right? At, At night, night. And then, in parts yeah. of Alice Springs. And it's always like one, three, four-day period a year where it does that. Right. Which, but then I talked to the people who, we found this around a town called Katoomba. Mm-hmm. And if uh-huh. you look up Katoomba online, you'll see videos of people like having snowball fights. <laughs> every couple, it's not every year, but it's like every couple years. There's right. like a decent snowfall in the town of Katoomba. And it's like a huge deal where people go out and have snowball fights. That's wild. That's awesome. <laughs> Who would think that you'd be having a snowball fight in the middle of uh, 
Australia. Yeah, well, uh, Alice Springs. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I was, uh, I was planning on going this February, and mm. uh, that didn't work out. So, yeah, we were we were going to do two trips this year, but the, the oh my god, the prices of these flights are just insane. It's mm. just it's crazy. So, um, Alice, we were going to go to the Northern Territory just to do it again, but we decided to wait till twenty twenty four. But I would like to get down into that area for sure. Um, I wonder how different it is from, you know, further north, um, like Kakadu and stuff like that. <clears throat> I don't know. I haven't been to, to uh, Kakadu, but mm-hmm. I can tell you there's yeah, no you... saltwater crocodiles in Alice Springs, so I guess there's that <laughs> if you ever have to swim. <laughs> yeah, that's the yeah. plus side, yeah. There is that. That's good. Um, what else? Did you find anything else Python-wise when you were out there? Uh, we found Stimson's Pythons, or whatever they're taxonomically called now. We found a couple <laughs> of those in Trophina Gorge, too. Okay. Same, were they doing the same type of thing as the Brettles, hanging out by the water? Oh, uh, yeah. No, these guys hanging out by the water. There's a bunch of uh, bunch of tree frogs around, a bunch of velvet geckos, a bunch of um, uh, oh, cool. like just small Australian geckos around. In fact, we okay. found the Stimson's pythons inside the gorge. And okay. we found two, possibly three, or it's kind of, we don't know if one's the same snake that we just saw kind of like crawl over a little bit a few hours later if it was a different snake. Mm. And the Brettles was actually outside of the gorge, uh, slithering alongside the road in a dry riverbed. And it was just out in the open, like 9 a.m. in the morning. What was it like for you finding that the, the brettles? Yeah. So it was, I, I yelled at my buddy, like, you got to stop the brettles, 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 brettles. Like, mm-hmm. I couldn't even spit it out the right way. <laughs> and I ran out over to it. I, uh, we, we looked at it. We looked at it because there's rules in Australia against touching stuff, right, guys? Yes, there are. Mm. Yeah, you yes. looked at it and then you helped it cross the street. Yeah. Yes. No, no, we didn't. No, it no, was no, no, not in the even, street. So yeah. which is a video of me traffic. looking at it and that definitely not holding it. No, no, right. of course not. Yeah. <laughs> no one would do such a thing. No, we but, would never do it. Wow, that's cool, man. I, <sighs> and the thing is, we, we were kind of traveling around. We had some plans for that day, so we mm. couldn't just sit and watch it. My friend who's like, Way he's super into hiking, super into uh, going to check stuff out, but not necessarily like, hey, let's just sit for two hours and watch what this snake does. Oh, because <laughs> you de- you definitely would have yeah. did that. I, I, yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what I. I, I it, that's a little bit of a regret that I have that I just be like, hey, man, you just go check out the the water hole and have fun, and I'm just gonna watch this thing for a bit. You come back later. I'll be here. Yeah. I'll be in this area. Yeah, it's just. I think I heard you say this before. I, I, I probably was snakes and stogies, I, I would imagine. But um, you know, when you think of carpet pythons, I, it, you know, with all of the uh, research that I've been doing, like looking at wild, more wild type carpet pythons and whatnot, they always are in the same spot, right? And we were just talking about a wild brettles on carpets and coffee the other day. That I, that a picture that I found, and it's just like you say, they're in the trees of these water courses that are mm. basically dried up and they're just hanging out in the trees and uh you know it's it's just interesting that they're basically you know where there's trees there's carpets yeah, yeah carpets the trees really water, in australia and, where yeah. there's trees there's carpet pythons yeah. right with the exception of the way far south where it's just too cold for them yeah 
But yeah. yeah, no, they're very much a specialized group of snakes where they have to have trees, they have to have birds, yeah, stuff like that to survive. Which, you know, we can talk about how tough brettles are, but it's kind of crazy. Where honestly, I think walnut pythons are a little bit tougher because they are from the same place, but they're actually out in the desert. Yeah, you know, brettles live further south ground. than yeah. brettles. Uh, walnut pythons live further south than brettles pythons do, and they're actually out in the open where it really gets cold sure they dig and they live in burrows and stuff like that but right they're actually out where there's no water like there's yeah. nothing out there yeah more exposed they also go into trees <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 lucas sent us some pictures of uh womas and trees and you're just like what <laughs> <laughs> who put that animal up there it's like no no, no it went up there itself bullshit yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you're right. They they are a tough snake. It's probably why they they're so good in captivity. You know, I mean, they're just they're tough as nails. That's one thing I've not kept. I I don't know why. Really? I love Homo pythons. They're one of the prettiest snakes in the world to me. Really? I've they're never evil. had. I've had. I've got black headed pythons. I've got mm. Angolans, both of which I feel like are kind of in that same wheelhouse. Yeah. The brettles, but I've never had a Homo python. Huh. Hmm. You gotta change that, man. Especially now that Lucas is about to. Like, I'm a little overwhelmed with what I got. So if somebody <laughs> out here wants to buy some uh, some clown ball pythons and possibly some northern blue tongue sinks from me, please uh, please hit me up so I can get warm with pythons. Yeah, sorry, buddy. It was, yeah, no. So wait, let's let's talk about the ball pythons first. Is this so? What made you get into ball pythons? What made you pull so, the trigger? This is kind of conversations me and Billy were having because me and Billy when we go to Daytona. Uh-huh. There's always our friends who do the ball python stuff, and they're like, hey, you got to get into these. They're awesome. You know, we got mm. all these color mutations. And, you know, I'm not going to lie, too. There's also the whole, hey, me and Billy are super excited. We've made three grand between both of us. And the ball <laughs> python guy next to us is like, that was an okay show. I made $34,000. Yeah, there's that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Where we're like, we're having to explain to people at the shows, like, Hey, this is a carpet python. They're not venomous. They're from Australia. <laughs> yeah. Like you got to give the whole like this is what it is speech to people and sometimes people right. look at our table and be like, "I don't know what that is. Tell me about it for 4 hours and then I'm going to walk away." Go buy a leopard. So, there's a little go, part yeah. of us that's like, you know, we need something that like kind of helps pay for this table a little bit. Right. Yeah. But yeah, I also worked over at Canova for a bit. In fact, I may actually be going over there on Thursday, depending on what they they call up. I'm gotcha. not employed. I, I'm not employed with them right now. I just, I'll, if they need help, I I'm good to help out with them. But gotcha. And he's he's just on a whole nother level, man. Yeah, I can't so imagine it's, what it's like seeing it's his collection. It's very hard to walk into that place and not gain an appreciation for ball pythons. Right. Yeah. 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 But it's I mean, cool I too watch because. You know, with what you know, the rare python stuff. When you make something that looks nothing like something else, you're making a hybrid, mm-hmm. right? right? Versus this, where it's like, okay, I'll mix this yellow snake with this black snake, and they're going to breed exact same way. I'm going to have kind of a decent idea of what the babies are going to look like, and then there's kind of that whole like bio gambling aspect to it, where you know it's kind of like playing a slot machine, but it's also breeding snakes. Where you're like, I don't really know what's coming out of this, and it's going to be kind of cool. It's like playing so. poker on a slot machine. What? <laughs> so. I also wonder why, like, you know, like if you look at the Python 
just the Python hobby, right? You have the ball pythons that are like the majority of it. And then you have this, the other stuff that's sort of rare or stuff that's sort of teeters more towards the ball pythons and then stuff that's, you know, far away from it. Mm-hmm. What do you think, like, what do you guys think that it is that, that people just don't want to, like if somehow you, uh, you know, start to, to what you're saying, right? If you're going to do this as a business, it only makes sense, right? If you're going to be at a show, right? You're going to the show, you're doing all this stuff mm-hmm. to sort of put yourself, you know, uh, to have success at a show. Well, you kind of, you kind of have to do what people want, not necessarily what you want, you know? Right. And w- w- so what do you think that is that like, I'll just say the Moralia community for, to make it easy, like, why do you think that there's such a uh, a sellout type of? I, I don't even know if that's the right word, but you know what I'm saying. Like, it, yeah. So it, I've got a couple thoughts on that. Okay. The first is a conversation me and Billy have had with Justin Smith, where Justin yeah. be like, "I don't like ball pythons," but then sometimes he'll send us a picture and be like, "I like this ball python." Kind of cool looking. <laughs> and we're like, "Dude, that's you're a, a snake guy. That's you a ball python. To like snakes. <laughs> yeah. Like, you don't have to justify liking something. Yeah." To yourself. And then another one, too, comes down to, honestly, the ball python is a completely different hobby. It is a separate hobby from mainstream reptile, like the the -the off-the-wall reptile keeping. It's different. Where, and honestly, the keeping is different, too. Like, there was a, there's been a decent learning curve for me trying to learn how to do ball pythons. Mm -hmm. Because the first snakes I ever bred were Brettles pythons. You know, <laughs> you started. You started at level A. You started up here, and now you gotta. But yeah. honestly, like the ball pythons have been kind of hard for me. Where? How so? Um. Okay. First of all, like pythons. There's kind of like two camps with py- well. There's three camps with pythons. You got the giant ones, you got the slug ones, and then you got the ropey ones. So I know the ropey ones, right? But you got yeah. these sluggy ones that. They need humidity. They need constant fresh water. They need, they're really picky on food. But once you figure that out, they're the easiest snakes in the world to breed. Like you just throw them together and no matter what, they'll kind of just figure it out on their own. But yeah, versus the ropey ones where there's a little bit of a trick to get them to breed, but they're so much hardier once they've actually come out. Mm -hmm. Like even the eggs on ball pythons, are so prone to drying out compared to carpet eggs. Really? Because they're so big. Yeah. Yeah. And you look okay. at a baby ball python, it's like a little water balloon. So you've got to make sure that they're drinking something because they get emaciated so fast. Wow. And it's not even like you're not giving them water. It's just they couldn't find the water you gave them or they didn't like the water you gave them. Uh, yeah, I heard something about how their water bowls need to be almost like they can't be like tall ceramics or something like that they have to be low so that they can almost find it by accident sometimes it's kind of like that and then it's also like um they if they aren't getting as much water from drinking they need to eat more Mm. and sometimes it's hard when they're a little bit picky on what they want to eat got it so that's been a big problem with me is that like a baby brettles can go a while without eating a baby ball python cannot you know really I, yes, okay. that's which again, that may just be the fact that like my room was so geared towards brettles that when I put something that is so not a brettles into it, I had problems. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> I, I had the same problems, man. I, I had the same struggles. You know, I, th- I thought that like, you know, it's a python, it's a python, it's a python. And, and that I is not true. To, no, no which, not I'm at sure all. that if we had been like 
experienced short tail keepers going over to the ball pythons or vice versa. Yes. Be easy because they're kind of the same. Yes. They're the same basic idea. You know, it's a yeah. water balloony sluggy snake that stays on the ground and needs a lot more water and a lot more humidity. Yeah. I struggled with them too. I, I had no, I could, I can't, I couldn't keep them. Mm. I, they just didn't work in my room, you know? Um, but cause even when I go to like Matt Minotola's place to, to his room just feels a lot. You can feel the humidity. You can yep. feel the, yes. the heat, the, you know, yeah, you need a room that's very stable and has a lot better humidity to keep the, the sluggy ones. Right. Yeah. Versus the carpet Python stuff where, and Similar things to carpet pythons, I'm sure, like dwarf retics are the same way and mm-hmm. stuff like that, where you can have a lot more range than the other ones can have. Right. A little bit more forgiving. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, if it drops down a little bit or it gets a little cold, you know, it's going to be no big deal. But you know, Which, my stuff got cold this year, mm. where uh-huh. I'm sure you guys had this too, where like the, it was the first couple weeks of the year where it was like negative nine in <laughs> Georgia, which is like yeah. unheard of. For yes. like a week, it killed the bushes in my front yard. It was so <laughs> <Wow>. cold. <laughs> wow, <laughs> that's crazy. We uh, uh, we didn't get that. Like normally, we're good for like one or two really big snowstorms that help kind of push my guys over the edge. We got we had nothing. I bought I bought like bulk rock salt, getting ready for the they, nothing. Didn't even use mm-hmm. it sitting in my mm-hmm. shed. So it's like I'm curious. It didn't to snow see. those days. It just like it just got just got really cold, right. cold right. for like so, a week. I'm just curious to see what would happen, whether or not um, that affects my breeding season, because usually you kind of rely on the storms to kind of push you through and kind of get the males jazzed up a little bit. So I'm curious to see what happens with that. So what else did you struggle with when it came to ball pythons? I mean, that's really the biggest things about it is right. the babies are you, you kind of have to treat the babies like they're just little water balloons mm. that need to just constantly be replenished. Really, they're almost like little sponges, right? Mm-hmm. And if they don't have food and water coming in, they crash so fast compared to a carpet python baby. Which, that's not, not now that I know that, that's not too big. But at, at first, I would like open the tub and be like, I, you shouldn't look this bad for like mm-hmm. the last time I fed you. I fed you like a week and a half ago. Why do you look like you're dying? Right. right. Yeah, yeah. I think of, uh, I th- yeah, I think of all the like when I was a kid, all the wild ball pythons that I kept, and yeah, it was just a roll of the. They were tough to keep, man. They, they mm-hmm. were like you know, especially back then because there wasn't there was no ball python hobby. Um, I Which, found it in. I mean, not to say they're they're hard or bad or anything. Like I've really enjoyed yeah. keeping them. Like mm-hmm. it's just, it's that learning curve of going from the ropey snakes to the sluggy snakes has been hard. Yeah. Like they're stupid, easy to breed though. I mean, there's a reason why people build their entire businesses on these things is the morphs are fun. I don't care what anybody says. Like mm-hmm. morphs are really cool with these guys and it's cool to be able to throw two things together. Look at the calculator or the Punnett square that you make and be like, there's, I don't know what's coming out of here because there's 140 different options, possible possibilities. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was on, um, <clears throat> I was on, uh, me and I, I well, I, I can't remember the guy's name, but we were, it, it, uh, War, uh, Warfels morphs. And he, he, he had us on that cause he recently got into carpet pythons, but he's basically a ball Python person. He's mm. from Pennsylvania and whatever. Mm. And, uh, anyway, he was talking about how, 
Um, I guess there was a meme going around or something, and it was like that they that didn't that they that they were more or less saying like they don't want normals. <clears throat> and I was like, you know, that's so different than what we're used to. Oh, it's completely it's, different. It's mm-hmm. just it's just a whole different type of like thinking. You Which know? is what and, I say. And, it's a different hobby. It yeah. Is. It's, yeah. They're very closely related, but they're a, it, it's not the same hobby. Yeah, it seems like to me, like from what I get from having conversation, it was actually it was a good conversation. It was eye opening for me because I was able to talk to them and have a you know like have a conversation, not a back and forth fight type of thing or whatever, but like <laughs> have a conversation where you actually like bring up topics and you get a better understanding. But it seems to me like number one, I get a lot from them that it's like people that want to start their own business type mm-hmm. of deal, right? You know, that seems to be like in in the, in that mindset somewhere. It's like setting up a business and I want to do this and I want to do this for full time type of deal. Um but then like you said, it's the whole morph thing. And like I was trying to explain to him like you guys just put two ball pythons together and it is what it is. You know what I mean? You don't have to worry about nothing. You don't have to worry about crosses mm-hmm. and this and that and all this other shit that, that you know, like other pythons may have free ticks kind of fall into the same type of thing, short tail, stuff like that. But um, you just put them together and it is what it is and you get these amazing, you know, patterns and colors and i just think about like what it was in the reptile radio days when they were talking about bumblebees and now you look at what kabelka is doing and it's like holy shit man yeah if you could go back to the past and know what's gonna come like holy shit some of the shit that he's doing is just nuts but it's also super confusing too where like uh me and don tratterson trade stuff back and forth a good bit and he sent me some um some of his like higher end clown ball python stuff for me to sell Mm. Uh we don't know what some of these things are we've got a good (laughs) idea but if there's also the like when you start getting into like five gene on top of a recessive right and some of them kind of cancel each other out a little bit you're like i i know that's a pastel or i know that's a lesser does it have spot nose i have no idea and then i'll talk to like jeremy turgeon be like, hey uh-huh. man, has this got spot nose and yellow belly? He's like, oh, absolutely. How does? How can you not see that? Yeah. I- <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, with those type of things, how do, how does that get? So- like, how do you sell that? Yeah. Um. So a lot of it is you just have to be upfront with people. Like, hey, look, this is our best guess. Mm, I can right. tell you what the parents were. I can tell you what four people who know a lot more than me said they were. Right. I can point out why they think that is. And it's honestly like sometimes you just have you may be selling a a gene for free, which is better than selling a gene for a gene that's not there. Yeah, right. Yeah, making them pay. And again, for that's kind of what it comes down to. The ball python market is a separate hobby than the rare python market. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's the only only one where they established an entire uh, entire captive breeding of a type of rodent because the snake kind of liked it a little bit more. So, yeah, yes. Yeah. Oh, the African software. Yeah, we're, we're, look, we're not establishing Australian based rodents for the carpet python. So, yeah. So, I will say, though, because I have been trying, that's been a major focus for me lately. Where I say I've been focusing my reptiles, mm. I'm focusing on rodents. Okay. Yeah. Where I've been trying to learn how to breed mice and rats. I, African softwares are not legal in Georgia. Okay. So, I actually drove to South Carolina on Saturday so that I could try to help Justin Smith 
get some African softwares going over at his place where they would be legal. Yeah. So we like bought a colony, went down there. I've heard whenever they're Beaufort. Ab- I've heard they're absolutely vicious. Nice. They're not. They're not. Oh, okay. Okay. No, I mean, don't get me wrong. When I was driving that group from where we picked them up from, um, they did eat one, but I've seen that with rats say, too. Not I was saying not vicious to humans, vicious to each other. Yeah, there is from from what I've read, there is a major they're almost like um teddy bear hamsters. Like meerkats almost. Okay. Have you ever heard like when you like if you introduce a new one into an established group, they will kill yes. it. Yes. Really? But if yeah. they are raised together, and again, like this is reading stuff, you know. Right. But like you can't you can maybe take out like uh, a young female and put it into a new group, but they're very hierarchical hierarchical too. However you say that word. Right. Yeah. Where there's like a dominant female, her two or three subordinates, and then you've got like a couple helpers and then one or two males, and that's it. Wow. Okay. I, I, but other used... than that, man, they don't smell like they mm-hmm. don't smell like rats do. They have more babies. They don't get as big as rats. So, yeah. Honestly, I wish they were illegal here because they're kind of. If you know what you're doing, it kind of sounds like they're the best rodents. I, and they take a lot longer to grow. So for something like carpet pythons, where when you've got a clutch of carpets, you need fuzzy and hopper sizes. Yeah. Yeah. For a long time. Like it's perfect because you got something that kind of comes out and then it gets to fuzzy or hopper size and kind of stays there for a while. Yeah, yeah, I keep having to. Uh, I have two boxes of mice right now, uh, trios in each, and I keep having to pull and dispatch the fuzzies because everything now that I have from uh, 2022 is on like hoppers and small mice. And mm-hmm. but now I'm just like building up my freezer for when the babies start hatching this year. So, and I, I, you can ask Eric, I resisted breeding mice forever. He was like, you should do it. It's easy. You know how to do it. I'm like, I don't want to, but one box of mice, I I don't have to buy pinkies anymore. Two boxes of mice. I do think breeding rodents is on a small scale because I've done it on a big scale where I helped Kavilka's place on his like full industrial Mm -hmm. massive scale. Mm -hmm. Right. Where it's, Frankly, it's the worst job in the world. Like yes. I would, I, I would fully rank being like a large-scale rodent worker. It, maybe short of like certain military jobs where like you're actually having to fight. <laughs> right, but, your life like, is as in far danger. as just like disgust and yeah. hard work, there are a few jobs that are worse than being a like day in day out rodent tub cleaner. Wow. Yeah, uh, I did it for years, but I did that in a laboratory setting at the University of Pennsylvania. So he had like industrial sized cage cleaners that you could like wheel in an entire car into. It's like, yeah. So doing that on a small scale without that kind of stuff, I can only imagine it just sucked. So, yeah, I mean, it's fun. It's fun on a very small scale. In other words, yeah. where you're like, I've got my my three colonies of rats and then seven mm-hmm. colonies of mice. Like, that's kind of fun. And it's right. not expensive, especially like because you can get we went and we got um, shavings at Tractor Supply. And I think we did that several months ago. And I still have not worked through half of the bag just because yeah. it's like and every week I just dump out the cage, put in new shavings, a couple of shredded pieces of paper and then rodent food, uh, a bulk bag at the reptile show cost me 30 bucks. And 
that it takes them forever to go through that stuff. So it's not that bad. Yeah. And I even looked out here where there's a specialty feed shop Mm. 20 minutes away Mm. where I can buy Uh rat blocks. Yeah. Rodent block. Yeah. In a a pinch, rodent block at Walmart in a box is $2. Or not even rodent block. Like, it's not the Missouri stuff because I actually think the Missouri stuff is best, but it's like one of those other, other like professional lab grade rodent pellet brands. Yeah. And I can just buy it at the feed shop. I don't have to like custom order it or anything. If I need it nope. that afternoon, I just drive down the road and pick it up. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I I I I've <laughs> I I've fought not, not well, I've talked to Owen about like we should have our own thing. Kinda like what Justin's doing. And um I I guess Jake's involved with him too, gets his rodents from him, I suppose. Um but uh uh, it's, we'd have to hire somebody. I'd kill. No, no. We'd have to hire somebody to do the cleaning. I would not do it. Yeah, I can set it up, but I can't do it. Yeah, I don't know. But I mean, the price of rodents anymore is just crazy. astronomical. Yeah, which is why I focus so hard on trying to get the rats going. Yeah, right. and honestly, like I think getting the rats going, ironically, made it so that I put less focus on the snakes when I would mm-hmm. go into the snake garage. Uh-huh. Because I was focusing more on the rodents, so yeah. me trying to make enough food to feed the snakes made it so I'm not making as many snakes. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. it's also like the learning curve of trying how to do those guys. You know, once I kind of have figured them out a little bit better, I think that'll be, you know, back yeah. to back to business as usual. Yeah. Yeah, Rob was trying to convince me to do like a, you know, like a level, like say a level of like a rodent breath, you know, like just one level or two levels or something. Just something that you sort of have sort of, I guess, like what you're doing, Owen. Just to Dude, have some I supplementation to what you're well, what you got going I mean, on. it was so it was so easy this year when I had things that are on. You got also got to understand I have so many things that are on such small food, like, you know, rhino babies when they're out, you want to. You want like fresh, you want pinkies, you want like fresh pinkies. You don't want to go get a bag of pinkies and then realize that they're too big for your rhinos because then what the hell are you going to do with this? Like, I can't feed them the carpets, they come out on fuzzy. So it kind of helps to be able to get there. But I find with one male to three females, you can pull kind of one litter early and those are the pinkies and then you can kind of give the other two a little bit to grow up and you can pull them as the fuzzies and then even let the last one get all the way to hopper and by the time you pull the hoppers we got more pinkies hitting the ground so it's like it just kind of keeps going so which that's the hardest part about getting rubits going is you got to not feed the first like two generations of them so you can raise them up to like adult mouse size and then feed them off Right. I'm on my that's something I ran into when I first started was like, oh, I've got all the perfect like little fuzzy sizes I need. Yep. But I don't have the adults. But I kept feeding off the fuzzies. <laughs> and not I, letting I, them grow to adulthood like I should have. Right. Versus yeah. like letting your colony mature a little bit where you can kind of get all sizes. Yeah, I'm at that point now where I I am on my second gen because I started with the trio and my two females bred to the point where you saw a decline with what they would produce. Also, they started not looking so good. So I fed them off and then the male impregnated four females and then died. (laughs) So um, now out of that group, I've raised uh, some boys. So I have one cage that's got my breeding females and 
uh, uh, one juvenile male that is growing up. And then I have three other boys set aside because I'm going to get another bin and get that set with some more girls. So, um, but it's relatively easy. It, it really is. You just got to, you know, I had to it brush up like, on my section. you used to snakes where, you know, you get one shot a year to yeah. get baby snakes. Yeah. <laughs> right. And, yeah. And, if, and if you have a deep freezer, you just keep pumping out baby pinkies, fuzzies. Throw them in. You will. You will feed them eventually. Just throw them in the freezer. Just keep building up what you got. So. You know, been having fun with that though. Where yeah. I'll get the albino, like the cheap feeder albino females, mm-hmm. and then uh-huh. like I'll go through the fancy mouth section for the boys and try to get like the craziest looking male I, I want can do that one. just <laughs> to see what comes out. So nice. I've made a bunch of like tricolored mice. I haven't made no <laughs> black one yet because I haven't been able to find an all black boy. But I really want to see like how that works out. Mm. So it's been kind of fun in that way of being like, let me see what this like insane, like spotted brown, beige, black uh, mouse will put to the albinos and just see what comes out. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, that's cool. That's cool. <clears throat> so yeah, honestly, I, I've had more fun breeding rodents than, than I thought I would. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It seems like more and more people are doing it. You know, yeah. I, I, it's probably because of the price, you know, especially yeah, if you have a insane. big collection. Holy shit. I, I also liked it because then I have I have one super caramel male that is stuck on live. But then it's like yeah. every time I get I get a, a, a litter up to like fuzzy hopper size, I throw one to him before I freeze off all the rest. And he normally I would what I would do in that case is I would buy fuzzies at every show and feed the live feeders out of that. And it would take them much longer to kind of grow and progress now he's right on pace with everybody else is it uh is the ball pythons um are they are you experiencing where they won't eat frozen thawed so you have to feed them live is that another benefit of yes short short answer yes very much so (laughs) where but i've also noticed the ones that don sends me because don like goes through the painstaking process of let's get these things eating frozen thawed and they'll eat whatever i put into their enclosure Right. It's ones that I've produced for myself that I've been, you know, I've got a live colony going, so I've never tried to feed them frozen thawed. Mm-hmm. Right. Every once in a while, they'll get one that'll take it no problem. But I think there's a training process to like teach them to recognize uh, frozen thawed as food versus something they're afraid of. Because that's one of the biggest, that's another like huge learning curve, teaching ball pythons how to eat mm-hmm. because they're so <laughs> defensive. Right. Like a carpet python baby, I, you can train them to eat by like hitting their sides or like okay. you know, getting them to hang down and then just like keep flopping a hot rat at them until they bite it and wrap it up. Right. You can't do that with a ball python. Hmm. You can't scare a ball python into biting and then have it eat, which like that's the that's the way I teach baby carpet pythons how to eat is you. Right. Like, right. Yeah. Yeah. Them around it. And then yeah. they'll bite and wrap and the thing that was hitting them stops hitting them. So they kind of learn, Oh, I can do that. And I get food. <laughs> you cannot do that with a ball Python. Okay. So what's the approach with the ball Python? Life is the only thing I've been able to figure live. out is just mm. live. Okay. And I mean, there's other tricks too. Like a lot of people go by the paper bag trick. I haven't tried it yet, but so many people swear by it. There has to be something yeah. to it. Yeah. Some of those guys will do is they'll get live mm-hmm. and then yeah. offer the live by like hanging it from tongs and then kind of like slowly teach them, okay, 
food comes from up mm-hmm. and it looks gotcha. like this when it's hanging. So then you teach them, okay, this dead one that's covered in water is also food and I shouldn't like ball up and be afraid of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there goes another example of a student of the serpent type of deal because, you know, ball python's defense mechanism is to hide, whereas a carpet is sort of to strike or, you know, you know, the right. defensive Which type is of so strike. funny because this is like the exact opposite conversation most people who are in this thing, like, oh, I know how to do ball pythons. It's getting these stupid carpet pythons to eat because they don't want to. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Hmm. Wow. That's crazy. Which, so, and I'm sure somebody that knows about ball pythons is going to listen to this and be like, "Are, are you guys stupid?" You do it. Yeah, like, just just do this. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, that's the one thing that I've always like. You know, I know that there's there's bad people in all parts of the hobby, but just in general, like the thing that always impressed me with like you know the ball python part of the world of the reptile world is that they like they know their reptile because it's in their benefit to sort of know i don't think they know it like like it's not the same though as like say the rare python like the scrub like, guys like how yeah. the scrub yeah. guys know scrub pythons versus the ball python guys know ball python it's different yeah it's, yeah. So it's different. like they're they're like into the natural history and it's sort of like almost like it it paints you into a box so to speak where it, it seems like the ball python world is just like it's they just try shit yeah yeah it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's very it's very it's like industrialized at this point right i i cringe at the word the industry whenever we talk about the, <laughs> the reptile keeping world like i that makes me like gag when i hear people right. say it i think the ball python thing is actually kind of an industry though i like, think it has to be at this point you know yeah, and it just never seems to even I, I don't know. It seemed like a lot of the guys were talking about doom and gloom this past because <laughs> things were flying off the shelves. Yeah, year, but um, I think it's just because of COVID. Now people are sort of, you know, they're not they're not on their computer. You know what I mean? It's just they're not, and they don't have extra money, and you know, yeah. money is tight, and you know, it's just the cycle of how this goes. Um, but you know. So many people were like, the ball python market is... The crash is, is what is I kept gonna, hearing, yeah. The bubble has bur- the bubble burst, has and burst. I've been hearing that yeah. since 2006, and I've been yeah. before that. <laughs> yeah. well, I, think, I, I think it was Kavilka posted up something of the ball python crashes upon us, and it was like 2000, like the year 2000. <laughs> Any minute now. June, which, Any I don't minute know, now. it may crash. I mean, I got into it, which... it. Who knows? Maybe that was like the straw that broke the camel's back. Yeah. Was I the finally was like, you know what? Yeah. Screw this. You guys look like you're having fun. Yeah. <laughs> and I want to try it out. And like, that's what kills it. So, yeah. Have you, have you met people that you probably wouldn't have come across by doing that? Hmm. And it has, you know, maybe opened up your, um, Honestly, not really. No. Okay. I mean, I, don't get me wrong. Like I met Justin Kabilka and like I was behind their table for a little while at Arlington, which was kind of cool. But that was like kind of weird where I felt like, you know, for that for that one like little bit of time I helped out behind the table. I kind of felt like I was more of a, a member of an entourage than I was like right. a person, <laughs> you know, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. You know, and then I go talk to the 
you know, Austin Warwick, Michael Pinnell, uh, Jason Brumley. There were a couple other people. I went out to dinner with them that night, mm. and that was a lot cooler to me than, uh, you know, yeah. trying to take pictures of people with Kabilka. Right. Not that that wasn't like a bad, like I'm not crapping on that or anything. I'm just right. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. You know, I feel like I've met way more community from the rare Python and well, Kaluber people too, because a lot of my friends in the reptile world are Kaluber people at this point. Like, yeah, it seems like there was a huge shift. Yeah. Uh, that's probably my fault. Yeah. Even my co-host. Well, <laughs> the THP guys too. They, they I mean, like yeah. Justin, he's sort of, uh, he's sort of, you know, turned that ship sort of, I, I guess I, Jake too, right? Yeah. Do have, do have yeah. Bear, I do have Baird Eye because of him. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think that group was always there, but what the Herpiculture Network guys did was they kind of merged like the slightly obscure Kaluber guys in with the slightly obscure Python guys and kind of <laughs> yeah. yeah. Phelan did too. Yeah. 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 Which I mean, yeah, we're he, acting like this was like ancient history. This is a couple of years ago. And honestly, like <laughs> I feel like there's always been like Balin's done some pretty like obscure rat snaky type stuff too. Hasn't he? Or my thing is somebody else. Pyros. No. He, yeah. I think yeah. And he, yeah, he was he was big time in the Colubrid stuff. He's, right? he, he used to have a ton of stuff and then he kind of just didn't really do it too much and he's, and now he kind of does it but he does it kind of like down low kind of all of a sudden he'll appear and he'll have a bunch of stuff um his one friend uh does hognose, right? Chris does uh, well yeah, he does hognose but Chris does a lot of the um like my black rat snakes are from Chris. And, um, okay. Uh, he does, uh, Apple gates. Um, he has a bunch of other stuff like that too. So we, we were geeking out on call your the last time I vended a show with Balin. So, yeah. 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 And corn snakes seem to kind of have the same thing with ball pythons where what's cool about them is you can take this weird stripy red one and this purple one and throw them together. And you know, you're not going to have an army of people upset with you for doing it. Yeah, right. that is true. Yeah. And you kind of know what's going on a little bit, but like corn snakes are so much older than ball pythons where like everything's het for something. So you're always going to have this, like, I know exactly what's coming out from this pairing. Oh no, they're also het tessera. I don't know. Tessera's I, I'm not allowed to keep corn snakes. So I don't actually know corn snakes. I had no tessera because they look cool. Uh, right. stripy, but yeah, I had I had that where it's like I crossed a snow with it was supposed to be a het snow, and then I got like white ones, gray ones, and red and white ones, and I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> like it was just supposed to be white ones. So yeah, um, and that seems to happen with everybody who does corn snakes. Is like you get what you're expecting, and then like one mystery, and yeah. you got to figure out what that one mystery thing is. <laughs> Yeah, like where did this come from? What is it? So yeah, like they're anneries or something like that. And it's just because those were the ingredients to making snow and some of the other stuff that were in there. So yeah, yeah. The, I I often wonder if the carpet python world will get to that point where we're just sort of like I don't think we're letting it because we're not. We don't let people do. We don't. We we frown upon experimentation. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't. I, it's always a, uh, you know, a debate that, you know, I can see both sides of it, but, you know, 
So I know we've sort of touched on this, right? Mm. But now we're going to move into, you know, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to hit it. Like, so what's your thoughts on the, so I was kind of bummed out, man, with the, uh, the, the we had Warren the NPR. Rip my heart out. Is that what yeah, you're saying? Yeah. 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 He's, he's really he's bummed out at the public enemy. Number one on this radio show right now. <laughs> God no, damn it. I can't it. be mad about that. You know, like, no, yeah. I can't, so but for I the am people listening that didn't know. Um, <laughs> Warren basically dropped a bomb in one of the Morelli Python radio chats that, genetically speaking, all the lines of Brettles Pythons are indistinguishably from each other. <laughs> Which, for somebody like me, who I tried so hard to get unrelated lines, like I'd go pick up different ones from different people, because they're only supposed mm-hmm. to be four, right. possibly five in the U.S. now that are unrelated. Right. And, uh, yeah, it turns out that's not true. So they're all related. And I had to, like, you know, that's not going to matter to anybody. But, like, to me, that was like a moment where I was like, I got to go take a shower or something. I got to <laughs> yeah. I gotta think about my life, man. Like, I, I put so much way. effort into this, so much mental space. Um. And then at the end of the day, though, like, you can believe a story or you can believe a DNA test. Yeah. You know what I mean, like you can like have your belief system that is based on a story that you really, really liked. But if somebody comes in with the DNA test that completely discredits everything you thought you wanted to happen, you know, you got to you got to play with the DNA test. You know, how, how far are you willing to deny yeah. science? OK, like how far yes. are you willing to go? Like, yeah, it sucked. It hurt. But, you know, I can't I can't argue with it. So I'm not going to, you know, I I kind of feel like the diamond pythons are the same. I would agree. The diamond pythons are the same. They have to be. Stardust diamonds is a recessive trait and it's popped up in multiple unrelated lines. Right. So it then why is there so much negativity about crossing diamonds of different lines like San Diego Zoo line and all that other stuff. Well, okay. That comes down to the question of purity and the diamonds, like the, the idea that Cypress Creek possibly has a question mark. Some of the guys that are big into diamonds say they definitely have a question mark. Some say they don't. And diamond guys want their diamonds to be diamonds. pure. Yeah. Whatever that means. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> but diamonds are one of the another one of those species where there's a lot of stories about them, right? Mm-hmm. Like, okay, this this line comes from this zoo, and we have paperwork, and it traces back to the paperwork. Yeah, but who wrote the paperwork? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like, well, they're all throwing this gene that all kind of looks the same that no one in Australia has ever seen before. <laughs> I mean, it's like the hypo and the stone. It's like the stonewash thing popping up in the lasik line and the hypo line and brettles. Like, right, right. It's because they're related. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> it's it's the simplest answer is normally the correct one. So either it's a magic magical cosmic octopus that it appeared in these two things, or they're related. And it's simple. I think it's 
I think it's very similar probably to what we all felt when Warren dropped that bomb, right? Mm. It's like we've put so much time and effort into having all these different lines and bloodlines and trying to make sure that we've done our due diligence to find animals from people with, you know, that can trace it back as far as it can go back and, you know, all of these things that we've done and then to find out that that's all just for nothing Mm -hmm. and they're just basically all the same thing and like, you know, it, 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 I, I don't know. It, it was so funny too, where I was like, so I kind of did all this work for like 10 years for nothing. He's like, yep. Yep. <laughs> not even like a, <laughs> not even like a, I'm going to, you, you did your best. Just, yep. Yep. No, he, 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 for nothing. It's, yeah. He ripped that bandaid off fast. <laughs> like, it's it kind of like, which it's I appreciate, like the, you know? That, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like almost like the 60 year old guy that's been hunting for Bigfoot all his life and hasn't found, <laughs> you know what I mean? The monkey it's like, doesn't exist. I, I I know, but Thank I'm you. saying, Owen, that like, okay, you know, I, okay. I, small no. tangent. No, yeah. no, no. Bigfoot's Good. real. Bigfoot no, is real. No, it isn't. Big, yes, um, it is. Bigfoot's no, a grizzly no, bear. I don't. Bigfoot is a grizzly right, bear right, or a black right, bear. Right. All right, okay? all right, okay. The Bigfoot people have never been more upset in their lives about being right. Yes, North America has multiple large, hairy animals that stand on two legs. They're called bears, and they're way scarier than any monkey man. That is true. I would be more terrified being face-to-face with a grizzly bear than I would be some sort of monkey creature. Yes, so those guys, they're right. There is a large, hairy animal that stands on two legs with giant feet in the North American woods. But imagine, imagine going all your life, you know, going out in the woods, being uncomfortable, cold, this and that, because you're going to be the person that finally snaps a picture to find out that it's. Yeah. Why do you think that's they're making these calls like... and they're like, "Damn it, it's another bear." <laughs> like, I saw two grizzly getting... bears today, but I haven't seen a bigfoot. What's going why on here? Getting so many bears. Yeah, <laughs> I bait so my I traps like... and then I get his bears. Yeah, so I think like the diamond python community you know has always been like the more elite of the carpet python world and and sort of like they're you know they're on another level because they're not crossing things and they're they've you know but it's not true it's just not true so they just hold on to you know hold on to that and And, okay another bomb everything (laughs) is special about diamond pythons brettles do it better (laughs) <laughs> how so what do you mean wow i mean the cold tolerance the, yeah the like specialized habitat all that stuff they're just not right. black and yellow yeah that's really yeah. the only difference yeah. which i mean don't get me wrong i like i the most excited i have ever been to find a snake was a diamond python because that was my first wild python mm-hmm. right was a diamond python mm-hmm. so was it more the fact that it was a python or it's was more it the, the fact, fact that it was, was i'm in australia and found my first wild python yeah correct yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i mean it just there's no matter what it was that. like i was literally like and i mean there's a story to that one too where we met people on the trail walking up because we were hiking we didn't find this thing on the road mm. right and the guys were like and i think they were from europe or so they didn't sound australian to me it sounded like german which i'm not gonna do a german accent but like yeah, yeah. no, you got to be careful. There's a there's a black snake on a log out here, and they showed us a picture, and I'm like, Ooh. where was this animal? Yeah, I did. I think where I literally even told this couple like, show me exactly where it is. I will pay you money. Right. Just show me which log this was on. <laughs> yeah, we will take you out. Don't yeah, worry. Just, yeah, just, just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, no, the most excited I've ever been in my life to see a snake was a wild diamond python. 
Yeah, so, I like them. I like them a lot. I, um, I had a group of them for a little while that I ended up selling to Don. Okay. So I've had diamonds here, and they're they're awesome snakes. Yeah. But, I mean, let's be real here too. Uh, uh, I'm going to get an email about this one. I guarantee it. Do it. The reason why diamonds are still so expensive is because every time someone drops the price, you just say they're impure so you can hold on to your monopoly and just keep your price high. <laughs> I agree with that. <laughs> because a whole big part of the diamond yeah. Python thing is how much was it for sale? 600 bucks? That wasn't pure. That wasn't pure. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That, so that's not a diamond. You got this like built in insurance to keep your snakes. Over twelve hundred bucks for all yeah. eternity. Because yeah. the second somebody starts dropping their stuff, you just say, "Oh yeah, no, those aren't pure. Yeah. Mine are pure, though." You find Which, the holes. There's probably are, but they're the same line everybody else has. Yeah, right, right. But that's even the thing, man. When you look at diamonds in the wild, right? So here's an example, right? When we were at Scott and Ty's place, they were showing me diamond pythons, and they have legit locality diamond pythons. And GPS location of where they were found. No. Um. I think that if you were to take those same snakes and you were to put them on morph market for sale, let's say, I think you would have the diamond Python community pull their pitchforks out and come for you and tell you that that's not pure. I think I, Scott I, should. I think Scott I would should. almost promise that that's what would. Happen. Yes, that would happen. But there's also, you know, okay. I sent this to the picture in a group. I, I sent this picture to the Morelia Python group a while back. It was probably mm-hmm. a year or two ago, so it's we're never going to find it again. Mm-hmm. Right. But it was a diamond jungle cross in Europe. Uh huh. And this thing, like, it, it looked like a snake somebody in New South Wales would pull out of their garage. Okay. Like, right. It had that, like, jungle diamond, whatever, or whatever, the rainforest diamond, what do they call those things, where they're like, Slowly starting to turn into coastals. Yeah. Yeah. It had that look. Right. It had that like dark gold because carpet pythons in the wild, I guess, where they're exposed to sun have more of a gold color than our like pale yellows. Mm -hmm. Yes. And this animal had that like it had the the tipping. It had a little bit of, of a bigger pattern. It had that gold color. It looked like a snake. Somebody in New South Wales would say this thing's been in my chicken coop and it's eating my hens. Right. Right. It had that look. And no one yeah. cares about it because it's not pure. But I'm like, that looks like what they look like, though. Like, that has the pure look. It's crazy. <laughs> it looks it's like fucking, one. It's fucking crazy, man. It drives me nuts. I'm like, wait and a I minute. I in the group and Scott agreed. Scott was like, yeah, no, that looks like what we pull out of, like, people's roofs. Yeah, I think I think that's the biggest takeaway from me with seeing, especially – when we were in Queensland and we saw like a whole bunch of different coast, what would be coastal carpets, right? Mm-hmm. They, they, they all look different. Like they all look different. There was, there was nothing about it that you could say, you know, oh, okay. They kind of look like this. And then, you know, when we found it in the first trip at coastal, it looked more like the jungle than the jungles we saw, you know? And the, the gelatin jungles look like citrus tiger sibs. Mm. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, oh, boom. You know? Nothing it's makes like, sense anymore. This doesn't make sense. So the idea that people in America that have never probably even Googled a wild carpet python are going to mm-hmm. tell you that, that, you know, it's it just, it's just absurd to me, man. It's just crazy. So yeah, that being I mean, said, there are groups of, it's yeah. one of the biggest problems in the Morelia world too, is if 
something doesn't if something doesn't look right, you'll literally get these guys that just they'll email and be like, that's not what that is. Right. I'll tell you what it is because I know what it is. You know, that's <laughs> that, kind of bullshit. That was yeah. my I that happened to me when I was selling Jags for like the first the my like second season with the breeding, somebody emailed me saying I didn't know what I had because they know what a Jaguar is and that's not a Jaguar. And my reply included the entire family tree that I had compiled of all the animals, including the Jags. And I'm like, I think I know what I'm talking about. So yeah, they will jump down your throat if they think it's wrong. And it's never any of the big breeders. It's always some smaller kind of off to the side person. I don't get those anymore. So no, no, they've I'm stopped trying glad. to. They <laughs> stopped trying to email you. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm kind of glad. I'm that, really like. I've never had that because Brettles all kind of Brettles hybrids have a look. Yeah, yeah. I've only yeah. tried to sell crossed carpet pythons like twice ever. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Where, I mean, it does kind of suck where you look at Brettles crosses where it seems like they inherit the pattern from a Brettles and then the color from a carpet. It's yeah. like the carpet jeans take something that's red, and they desperately want to turn it like khaki brown, which is a pretty color. Like, right? Don't get me wrong. I love like khaki uh, coastal carpet pythons, but it seems like when you introduce red into carpet python jeans, they that's know what, what do with it. Yeah. like that's what trigger that's what gets triggered to be done to it as they mature. So right. you'll see pictures of brittles jags when they're like a year and a half old, and then you never really see pictures of them again. And that's because yeah. they turn khaki, right? And their their heads kind of have a look to them. Long they have a very brettles looking head. They have yeah. like brettles looking eyes. Yeah, yeah. It's, Which it's. I mean, I, I do think the albino brettles are really cool. Oh my god! Yeah, that, yeah, they're amazing. Awesome, right? Yeah, they're fucking amazing. Yeah. yeah, it's similar to the inlands, right? It I is mean, very similar to the inlands. So here's my thought. This is what I've been going back and forth with, with all this talk of, you know, so inbreeding and, and, and what it's going to do for the future. And, you know, um, we did talk to Nick and his sort of hot take on it was that just enjoy the ride while you can type of deal, you know, like the plane's <laughs> drive, going down. Drive the car until the wheels come off. Okay. Until the wheels come off. <laughs> and I guess to a certain extent, I can understand why I would have that mindset i mean this is sort of his livelihood that kind of thing you know that comes into play with it you know but um at the same time i think like is it does it make sense to sort of just you know not really poo poo the crosses type of deal and sort of sort of what the jungle world has kind of done you know they've sort of just embraced the fact that yeah, there's some that we don't know whether it's pure or not. But, but look, it's pretty. You can't tell me it's yeah. not a pretty snake, you know? It's well, if you look kinda... at, I mean, look at older um, older hobbies in herpticulture, right? Mm. You right. look at um, something I really like are Nep- Nepenthes pitcher plants. Okay. Okay. If you look at some of the old crosses, like the old cultivars are there, yeah. no one in that hobby other than like a very small fringe group of people mm. wants anything pure. They're like, no, I want the craziest crosses ever. I want this thing to have like, they, they kind of do like lineages with it, but it's a little bit different with plants where you can cut off a leaf and then turn it into its own new plant mm-hmm. and right. do that indefinitely. Right. But you've got people that are like, no, you do not want anything pure. You only want to have the crosses because the crosses have proven themselves to be stronger. They're prettier. Mm-hmm. They look better. Uh, 
like when they're growing, like they grow out to be a, a larger plant. Mm-hmm. And you've kind of got that in a bunch of other hobbies too. Like, um, I mean, like uh, a lot of flowers, a lot of birds are kind of like that too, where you've got like old school line of finches, they're right. crosses with lots of stuff and they just look pretty. You know, yeah. part of the domesticating process is making hybrids. Yeah, it's kind of the, it's, yeah, you know, a couple things that have changed my mind. You know, I heard Chuck talking on Reptile Fight Club and he was talking about, they, I think they were talking about, you know, like, uh, cro- like a, a sib, let's say, you know, say the dirty word. You said, you said the dirty <laughs> word. You're not supposed <clears throat> to say that word. But some of them are, are freaking cool. Like yeah. I have these, I have these carpet pythons that are double head snow and I kept them just forever but they're they look like a black brettles python like if a, if mm-hmm. a bre- like because they they sort of don't really have like a like the saddles type of look of a of a coastal they mm-hmm. have sort of the spots if you will of like i i don't know they're like trying to be all these things at once and they're basically like black and mm-hmm. like i'm sitting there thinking like I, I was when i was working in my reptile room today i was like i've never posted a picture of these but I bet you if I posted a picture of these, people would lose their shit. And then when I told them what it was, they would be like, you know, the morph people would be like, oh, that's fucking awesome. But like the purists would be like, oh, that's crap. That's bullshit. You know, and I, I don't know. I, it's like if it's a cool snake, isn't it a cool snake? It's sort of like what you're saying with Justin with the ball python. You're like, allowed to enjoy snakes. Snake guy, yeah. You know what yes. I mean? You're allowed to. You're a you're snake person. To, you're allowed right. to like snakes. Yeah. Don't be a weirdo that calls out random people on Morph Market or on Fauna or whatever, <laughs> saying your stuff's not pure. And then, yeah. like, I mean, going back over to, like, the Inland stuff, the Inland Crosses, it's so cool with them. Because you know how Inlands have, like, a really distinct head pattern? Yeah. Yes. The, the Crosses, like, you can tell the head pattern genes, like, don't know what to do <laughs> with the, like, conflicting information they've been given. Right. They want to make that like weird inland head pattern, but they also have the carpet python like genes that like want to make the rabbit head or whatever you guys call it. To me, right. it looks like a rabbit head, but right, yeah, skull and crossbones, right, yeah, rabbit head. Yeah, yeah, the skull and crossbones yeah. sounds a lot tougher, but yeah, uh, <laughs> a lot better. I, it looks yeah. it's a it's an Easter bunny to me. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's see. Let's see. Yeah, it's kind of an Easter bunny. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's super uh, cool. We're like. Some of those guys, they almost have a, um, they'll have the inland color palette on a carpet's pattern. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like a Darwin's, a Darwin's like general pattern, but with the black and the silver of an inland. And then some of them are kind of opposite where they have the Darwin's color on the inland pattern. Interesting. Yeah. That would be, yeah. So they're gorgeous snakes. They really are. Yeah. And they're super uh, the best two, cause I've got like a group of, uh, there's a group of eight of them. The uh-huh. best mm-hmm. two females are some of the cleanest looking carpets I've seen, man, where like the, it's just a distinct contrast between like a pure silver and a pure black. Right. So that is really cool looking. I mm. just, I wish I knew which ones were head albino. <laughs> <laughs> That does worry me about this project is like, I don't want to make a bunch of like, I don't know what these things are. 
Yeah, because then what what happens to those snakes? You know, right. yeah, if you sell it as a pet, somebody's going to put it up on a social media, and somebody's going to come yeah. along and hold. You don't know what your car, but that whole bullshit. Yeah, and in a perfect world, I try to send these guys up to Canada to be like, hey man, like send them like send them to Japan or something later on, so we don't have to worry about that here. <laughs> right. I don't know out. if that's yeah. going to be something we can do in the next couple of years because that was a thing we could do a couple of years ago. Yeah, right. Yeah. If you knew the right people, but um, right. Yeah. Yeah, this is sort of what I, I see both sides of it, right? I see the like you want to sort of, you know, if you want to, you want that classic Brettles look or whatever, you know, you sort of want it to be a pure Brettles, but like, yeah, I, I yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't know where I fall on that one yet. You know, mm. I, I've done the crosses and it's, you know, it, it, the, the old argument that, you know, uh, if you represent them as they are, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, but yeah, you could do that and the person you sell it to, but you know somewhere down the line. That's Somebody's gonna, just going to label it as a carpet. It's going to get lost, yeah. you know, because, I mean, think about it, right? If, if, if that become if you wholesale them, right? Mm-hmm. Typically, most wholesale people that I know, at least from what I've seen here on the East Coast, like in the Northeast, is like they, they, they have an understanding of, say, carpet pythons, but because they're dealing with so many things, mm-hmm. they don't necessarily, you know, have yeah. an understanding like, say, us carpet python nerds would, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, it's... The, the Japan thing was kind of the perfect way yeah. to do that because over in Japan... Boa constrictors are illegal, and large con- uh, large constrictors are illegal too. Mm. So, oh, really? carpet pythons in Japan are actually kind of filling the niche of boa constrictors and of uh, you know some of the larger constrictors. Yeah, gotcha. That's all they can have, and it's a country that's population's like what half the size of ours, so it's a big market, mm-hmm. right? Where it's, I think carpets are going to be bigger over in Japan than they are going to be here in the next couple of years yeah probably i do see a lot of illegal. people i i know a lot of people have have sort of you know friended me or like contacted me that have been from from there and i'm just like wow that's kind of weird <laughs> and then, yeah uh, and that is kind yeah, of yeah. a beautiful thing about the reptile <laughs> world where yeah. i talked to like i was talking to my mom the other day and she's like you realize you know people like all over the world right it's crazy. And that's yeah. such a weird concept for like most people where I explained to her, like, look, I don't have super close friends, but most of I mean, the major just... cities in Europe, if I needed to have somebody to have dinner with, I could probably figure it out pretty quickly. You know, most yeah. of the major cities in Australia, if I needed to crash on somebody's couch, I could probably 100%. weasel my way into it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I never would have thought in a million years that like we would have went to Scott and Ty's place, you know, but like having, you know, met them online, yeah. it, it just becomes this thing where, or remember when we were at, um, oh, when we were at Tinley and, uh, uh, 
Darren came by. Yeah, and, yeah. You, you know, and it's there was a couple other people that were in that group from Australia. And they yeah. just came by and they're talking to you, and you're like, "Wow, I I can't believe I know these." Yeah, it's crazy, man. Yep. I said I think it's crazy for me, probably more so than you two, because you you guys are young. But like, I remember the world where that wasn't the case. <laughs> you know, well, that's not the case for most people. Like, yeah, you know, you don't I've think got, so? No, no, no. Like. Okay, my best friend is a pharmacist. Okay. So he met some friends at pharmacy school that are from other parts of the world. Mm -hmm. But still, it's only like I know my buddy's friends, my buddy's family in Korea, or I know like maybe one family in India or something like that. It's not one of those things where it's, and he's even an outlier in that, where it's like we talk to people from all over the world on a very regular basis. Like right. the actual people there, it's not my buddy's family, mm-hmm. right? You know, yeah, yeah. Just in the NPR chat is, yeah, like, there's, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's Europe. Is there anybody from Asia Australia? Yeah, uh, maybe not yet, but um, I don't know. Yeah, that's yeah, a right? good question. It, it's weird. I don't that, think so. It's weird that the uh, carpets might be kind of gaining in popularity there because I remember back in college, Bob Clark used to like ship his entire collection of his entire stock of available retics and stuff over to the big Japan show. Cause he used to post about it all the time that that he was going over there and he would like sell out of retics, berms, all this stuff. So it's kind of cool that that's kind of turning a different way. So do you have any, uh, do you have any thoughts as we round out the close on, um, like just the reptile hobby in general, like uh, where do you see it going? What do you think is good, bad? Maybe you don't think anything's bad. Um, <laughs> I've been in a process the last, like, honestly, the last month and a half or so where okay. I've kind of been trying to fall back in love with it, mm-hmm. you know, because with everything mm-hmm. that's going on, I, um, I, I just fell out and then like, you know, the reptile hobby is so weird compared to other hobbies people will have. Where like, if we fix up classic cars or something like that, right? Right. You can, if you get a little burnout for a little bit, you can step away, and you're and come back in a month or two, and your classic right. car just got some dust on it. Right. You cannot do that with reptiles. Right. They'll yeah. get a little bit more than dust on them if you step yeah, away. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So if you start getting a little bit burnt out, you kind of have to be able to have ways to re-motivate yourself. And I see that a lot with not just me, but like um, being closer to the ball python hobby. And this is kind of the first time a lot of people who got in the last four years Mm -hmm. have seen it where it wasn't, you know, the highlight COVID times where everybody's getting $1,200 checks in the mail. Mm -hmm. You know, this is kind of people saying, hey, I'm starting to get a little burnt out. And I grew really, really fast, really, really fast or Grew real, uh, can't talk. Grew big fast is what I'm trying to say. Right. Yeah. So I do see people doing that. Yeah. I did that. I did that. I I really really like probably 2020 2021 was probably the most burnout I've been in a long time to the point where, um. It was just a it was just a terrible lineup of events, um, you know. COVID 
for me, where everybody else was staying home, that was not my story. Uh, (laughs) And it was just a terrible, it was just stressful. It was just always negative. You know, it's just, it was just terrible. Right. Mm -hmm. And then to come home and just be mental, not even so much physically exhausted, just mentally exhausted. Yeah. Um, Like, you know, when you can only let X amount of people come into a supermarket and then you got that freaking knucklehead that just doesn't want to like, I'm not here to make the rules. I'm just the person that's telling you that this is what mm-hmm. it is. You know what I mean? I, you can you're fighting with the wrong person type of deal. And it's just at the end of the day, you're just mentally exhausted. I wasn't sleeping right. I wasn't eating right. All these things. And then to come home and have to take care of a collection of, you know, 400 snakes. It just became too much, man. It's just too much too 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 much yeah and to your point it just went too fast to you know to the point where too I, big, too I, fast. I, yeah, yeah too big too fast and it just it just burnt me out so i had to uh, and I that's stopped. what starts going wrong too is the yes. worst part yeah. like, that's when yeah. you get bites in your collection uh, then you haven't seen a mite in years like that's when exactly your water what starts getting bad or your yes. feeder breaks yeah yep yeah and you know to you know you sort of have to you have to have a come to the come you know really think about like what do you want or like what's your goal what do you expect to do this you know that, that's sort of like where i i discovered herping mm-hmm. and i was like oh wow this is this is i don't have to keep I these this. i leave them back here Ooh, in the wilderness i, I freaking love this <laughs> because i don't know maybe you guys answer me this question i feel like i was addicted to the chase yeah the chase is such a it's it's so addictive. It really is, you know. And it, it I mean, I saw that in my own a- uh, avenues where, like, I did rare python. Uh, you know, I went from just brettles to I did rare pythons. I did rare skinks. I did ball yeah. pythons. And then there's like that's so many different avenues of the chase mm-hmm. that I'm yes. just kind of always in that chase mode. Yeah. And I still kind of am. You know, I got a new bloodline of Angolans last week, and I'm trying to. Yeah. Sweet. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm looking at projects with Dawn where I'm like, oh man, you know, I kind of got a, a chance to go buy a really awesome male with him and then we could like put it to his girls. So right. now I'm like in high end ball python shopping mm-hmm. mode. And right. it's, you know, that chase is so addictive, but then it's like you kind of forget about what you got. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that 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 was really the eye opening thing to me, right? It's it's just like, you know, the the morph thing really burnt me out too. And as far as like, I felt that because I wasn't trying to race to get them to breed. Mm-hmm. By the time that I would do it, they were they were worth nothing. And it's just like, well, <laughs> I just spent all this money. Not that I care because I still like the snakes or whatever, you know, and I, and I, it's not like somebody lied to me or something. I knew what I was doing. It wasn't like I didn't know what I was doing or know how this game worked, but it was just, I, I don't know, just to be dealt that hand over and over. And I, I know that like you can breed them and you just, you can still make up. I, I understand all of yeah. those things, yeah. right? You know, but it still doesn't change the fact that you spent $10,000 on this. And before you can even produce it, it's worth three or two, yeah. or maybe a thousand. Ten thousand dollars on something, and then it becomes uh, really expensive meat in your freezer. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Uh, that too. Yeah, that yeah. sucks. I've been there. The word tongue stuff, where oh, I was like, oh yeah, no, this is gonna be awesome. I'm really good at breeding brettles, pythons, and I'm gonna keep skinks from the same place, and it's gonna be great. 
and then you bring stuff out of brumation and it dies two mm. days later. That was one of, uh, I won't say what it was, but I had something yeah. very, very, very rare and valuable croak on me right. as I watched it to the point where I mm. almost mm. sold everything that night. For, yeah. I, I almost would have been like, Hey guys, just take it. I don't want to, I don't want to do this anymore. There's right. a huge risk of that. I mean, uh, I, I am to be honest. I am feeling that right now. I am feeling the slowdown. I'm feeling sluggish. I'm feeling that something needs to push me to get downstairs. And this is the worst fucking time to feel that way because eggs are hitting the ground, and there's all this other stuff. So uh, Matt keeps talking about coming up here because I almost feel like every once in a while, if you have just friends come by and yeah. they. Get to take a look at your collection. It kind of just rejuvenates you because they're like, "This thing is awesome." You're like, "Yeah, it fucking is." Like, "Yeah, all right, yeah." <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> you where need that sometimes. I've been trying to fix in my room to the point where the way I put it, my friends was like, "I'm never going to do YouTube stuff in this no. room," but like, I want to get to the point where I can have friends come over and not have a panic attack. Right. Because, yes. You know, I need it uh-huh. to be pretty enough that I'm not like walking over containers that i'm just too lazy to pick up or sleeping on the floor or something like that or move things around because i've got snakes and tubs that they're just they're too big for right right you know it's kind of been a big push i've had lately of i just need to i need to get to my room to the point where i'm proud of it because i haven't been proud of it in a little while and that just and that just recharges you though like it gets you plugged in and appreciating your collection again, and it and it kind of gives you the energy to come over top. A lot of times, I have this drag down, and then eggs start hatching, and that kind of drags me back into it. But right. say you have a slow year, or like last year, the big thing was the white lips that like pushed me up to where it was sure. like hold like again. We're talking about the chase. It's like sometimes the chase is getting the rare stuff in your collection to produce, but then now it's like just such of a drag. Like I almost have to force myself to go downstairs and do stuff. And I understand it's like still kind of winterish, still kind of there. There's not a lot to really do because a lot of animals are still in brumation. They're just kind of feeding eggs are hitting the ground. Some animals aren't really kind of coming back up, but you kind of need those different moments to kind of recharge you. Otherwise you will completely burn out. Or like what Casey said, like something bad happens when you're in this kind of a downslope yeah. and then it yeah. ju- you just, bottom out just off the cliff yeah, yeah it's terrible which is i've been there for a little while now and i'm trying to bring myself out of it because yeah. sometimes you need a win and you the reptile world has a bad five <laughs> habit dude of giving you no wins <laughs> I so, a, especially okay. when you're in a rare python but world or in a you know, is, world or gut, gut punching lows yeah. and then very few highs it's just yes oh yeah. my god yes god I think I think I think that Keith goes through this, right? Because a lot of times I'll talk to him and, you know, um, it's not until we go on a reptile trip, you know, that he sort of or we come up and talk to and hang out with him or something, you know, something along those lines where it kind of rejuvenates you. But like, I mean, think about the species that he's working with, man. Mm -hmm. Like he's been able to breed all of these other pythons that he's done. He's bred birds of all types of, you know what i mean he's it's it's not like he doesn't know what he's doing but yet he can't crack can't this, crack that one this this one thing and yeah. like i just can't imagine how you go what? year after year after year 
and you know it's you bang your head against the wall man because that's what the white lips it was just like come the fuck on (laughs) like it was just and it's just one setback after another because like i've had white lips and i've got them up the size and i had them locking up and then the male dies and it's like well shit and then you have to totally redo it again so yeah yeah Yeah. i I don't know man that whole like trying to find little wins and stuff when you're not skinks are kind of like you ever heard how horse people go through stuff where they say a horse's only goals in life are homicide and suicide my, skinks are like yeah. that, except they don't commit homicide. <laughs> my 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 wife works. My, my, my wife works at a horse veterinarian. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yes, yeah. they find very 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 creative ways to kill themselves or get a weird infection or something like that. So <laughs> they're yeah. like they're like boats. The happiest day with skinks is when you buy the skink, and then when you sell the skink. Everywhere else in between is hell. Yeah. Which, yeah. I mean, I did get the, I honestly, like, I think one of the babies that came out last year is a het melanistic. I really, <laughs> really do. To the, okay. That's cool. Because the male I'm using is, he's a het male from Ty Park, looks like a right. het. Two babies came out. One of them kind of looks like a regular skink. The other one is, like, significantly deeper orange and significantly deeper black. Hmm. Interesting. So that is a incomplete dominant trait. It's hard to pick out. It's kind of like yellow belly and ball pythons where okay. sometimes people are like, yeah, that's absolutely what that is. And other times it's kind of subtle. Maybe. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Hmm. So I have been trying to get those guys up to size. I, I hope that head is a male because we're just now getting the morph skink stuff going in the U.S. Like the ivory stuff. Uh, yeah, I saw the that. White Northerns. Those have those have just become available to people, mm-hmm. and some of these morphs have been in the states for a long time. They're just not breeding. Albinos have been in the states for like fifteen years now. We've had albinos almost as long as the Australians have. Was melanistics. Wow. There's multiple melanistics in the U.S. and they just don't want to breed. Was it the was it the albinos what? that were stolen from prehistoric pet way back when? Maybe I don't. I, I I know that somebody had some albinos in the U.S. that got stolen. I remember that because I was like one of those like, why the hell would you do that? Because how are you going to sell that? Like, how are you going to sell that? Like, what are you going to do? There's like five of them in the country, and we exactly. all know one of them got stolen. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. that's. I remember that. I remember thinking that because like that is the dumbest crime ever. Like, that's like boosting yeah. like one of the only cars ever created of this type. It's like, what are you going to do with it? So yeah. Jesus. Yeah, and then you take with the skink thing, the whole like not knowing to be able to sex it type of deal and yeah. Ryan McVeigh thinks he's figured out how to pop them. Okay. I mean so, or or is Ben working on DNA stuff for them too? I that mean, was you... that was in the works. There was a rumor about that for a while. Yeah. I don't know if that's taking a back seat to the ball python shed stuff. Probably. I mean, Probably. I mean, <laughs> but, I mean you figure out the I ball python. I talked to Ben a little bit today because he just came out with one of the new tests that I asked him about like oh. months ago. Okay. You, you figure well, out the ball python shed stuff and it, then that pays for the weird stuff that we yeah, need. Yeah, I that think that's what you have yeah. to do is that <laughs> the money comes in from the ball python sheds and then we figure out how to sex gila <laughs> monsters because right. like, six people care about that. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like only four yeah. people will, will care. <laughs> or being able to see if there's actually jungle in this diamond. Yeah. 
So yeah, I I think I think for me that's sort of why I've made a move to keeping a lot. So I, I said this before, but Nipper and Rob have been on me for a long time about doing exactly that. But like, I think that there's a certain level of I have to have X in order to be somebody, you know, mm. or like, and I if have that doesn't to include re- a ten year strong podcast that gets you so much recognition. Nope, 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 nope. I told him it doesn't count. No. Nope. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know. I, I just, I don't look, I, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's sort of like one of those things like, you know, if, if, if I, if you have the podcast and like, you should be able to talk about what you're doing. And if you're not doing it, like, you know, if you're not doing anything, then why do people want to hear from you? I, I don't know. It's, it's weird inside my head, but <laughs> Um. <laughs> no, I get it. And again, that's probably also a chasing thing. If there's yeah. an alternate universe, Eric, that had just done the snakes and then they met you, they'd be like, oh, my God, I have to go do that. You know, yes. it's, yeah. you know, yeah. there's kind of like the, the version of you that didn't do it would be so excited to meet the version of you right now that did do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I yeah, I, I don't know. For me though, I've I I did come to realize that I was addicted to the chase and that when I have an animal that I thought would be the pinnacle of what I would want, and then when I get it, somehow I'm not ha- I still have to go and get something else. The next it doesn't thing make any sense to me. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah. The chase. And it's it 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 kind of sucked for me because I felt like I was not doing uh, service to the animals that I had and like I that I loved. I, you know, I supposedly love these things so much, and now all of a sudden, it's like, I wish I had the capacity to sort of focus. Like I see people like uh, Martin, or um, you know, I think of um, who else would come to mind that's like that, or or even like uh, John Battaglia, like where he just he picked the thing, mm-hmm. Andrew and Paris. Thing. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? He picked the Casey. thing. Yeah, Ooh, Casey. Exactly. Twenty fourteen, Casey. Twenty fourteen. Yeah, it's yes. rare. Model. I was going to say you, yeah. but yeah, I know yeah. you're sort of diversified at the moment. Or twenty eleven Owen, you know, where yeah. he's just coastal carpet that guy. guy that you know, guy, that guy's it, dead. Like or twenty twelve Eric guy, where he's just popwin carpets, yeah. you know, and you know, I, I, I don't know. But here yeah, we are, yeah. <laughs> 2023, and we're yeah, still 2023, and so. I'm sitting here and getting colubrids and pythons, and I can't remember the last time I brought in a new Morelia. <laughs> like <it> was, <laughs> I have two wild caught IJs coming again tomorrow. Yeah. Right. So these things from Lucas, the that's the most excited I've been about bringing in a Morelia in years, years. Oh, the bread okay. life. Yeah. yeah, which mm. I don't even know. They might not even be anything, but you know what? <laughs> if there is any chance that they are, now I, I know I'm right. the only unrelated ones. <laughs> right. Vindication for all those years <laughs> wasted. <laughs> <laughs> There's going to be Warren in the corner. No, no I'm going to send Warren those steps. No, like, no. no. You need to tell me. <laughs> Damn you. <laughs> <laughs> give it to, give it to me straight Warren. Give it to me straight Warren. <laughs> yeah. I only do. I only, it's the only way I know how. Yeah. Oh, so. <laughs> All right. Um so what do you got coming up? You got anything cool that uh you're hoping to uh I think you kind of talked about this a little bit, but what do you got coming up for this year that you're excited about? Um 
I am giving the Blue Tongue Skanks a try. I'm trying okay. out the, the Het Melanistic Boy again. I For a little while, I was afraid he was sick. Okay. When I pulled him out of brumation, he had bubbly eyes and uh, bubbly mouth, which is a really bad sign for those guys. No. Okay. In the last two days, I popped him in the incubator and kept him at like 86 and kind of kept him hydrated, and he seems fine now. So okay. that seems to have kind of fixed his issue. So I'm hoping he's end up he's going to end up doing a doing something for me this year. And then mm-hmm. my Western blue tongue skinks, which that if I got Ooh. Western blue tongue skink babies, that would be that'd be a big pretty win. Pretty cool, you know. Talking yeah. about yeah. Win, that would be a big win. And I put them together last week. The male went for the female. The female chased him off. And lately, I've kind of just been putting them together for hours and not looking at them. Hmm. Like I'll listen okay. to make sure they're not like killing each other. But right. like if. I, I don't know if they bred or not. I just know that I've put them together and they're both alive. <laughs> okay. And then wait, like wait, wait, look breeding. Yeah, <laughs> like, they, they've been together and neither one of them's dead. That's so. A, there's that's still two of you. Success. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So I mean, a couple ball python things. Um, then uh, the brettles. I've got. Bunch of hypo, some hypo stonewash stuff that could go. Um, there's a couple males that I've been really excited about. Like I've got some full blood, full blood hypo males. Cool. Well, cool. one that came from Ralph Polinsky, and Ralph Polinsky's group throws these like stripy hypos. Okay, right. and I've got a really stripy male that could go, and it's not a genetic stripe. Oh, nice! So cool. it's like a polygenetic tiger hypo brettles thing. That I just want to see what he does. Yeah, that's cool. I'm going to be looking for a hypo female. So if you produce some and you have any, let me know. And I've got babies right now that I really need to move. So we'll, we can, we can talk oh. about that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Casey's like sold. It's like already. Get them out of here. <laughs> Please, yeah. God, take them away. <laughs> okay. Well, that's cool. Um. Yeah, that would be cool if you could do. Uh, yeah, there's that look. Mm-hmm. I saw it. I, I forget whose page I was on today. It was somebody that I have Royal Reptiles, maybe in Australia, and they had these brettles with those. The one, remember that one that was in? I think it was in Europe, right? So Where it had like I, I remember, a spot. I, you and I had a disagreement about this our first episode, and then after listening to it, it was like, oh, we were talking about two different things. Hmm. Okay. So in the UK, there used to be a line, and I had one. It, not from that line, but it, I had a similar look where they mm-hmm. have like dotted line down their backs instead of yes. the stripes. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then in Australia, they've got some that have a similar look, but then they also like kind of look stonewashy. And then there's one in Germany that has that look too. Right. Where like it's not a stonewash because it's so much more extreme than a stonewash. Right. Like if I described it to you, you'd be like, oh, yeah, that's what that is. But they've got like dotted lines down their back and no pattern on the sides. Yes. They look really cool. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I felt like an idiot too because the uh that that patternless I think I said this like a while back on the NPR and the patternless brettle thing that I guess somebody in, there's a uh, couple in California there's, or something like there's that. There's two different versions of that. So you've got the faders in Australia, which yeah. they kind of look like olive pythons. Like mm-hmm. it kind of turns a Brettles python into right. an olive python. <laughs> right. And then you've got the patternless, the vanishing pattern one in California. Right. Born with kind of the same idea what we were just talking about, where it's got a dotted line down its back and no pattern on the sides. 
and the head's completely patternless. And then like, as it's grown, it's just lost more and more and more pattern, which that animal is like a white whale for me. I tried really, really hard to get it. And then I tried to get it with Nick and then we failed and now he still got it. But I mean, Tomas is a nice guy. He's the guy that's got it. I'm not like mad about it. It's just, you know, that was one of those, like I had the thrill of the chase that just never pulled off. (laughs) That's that's the the addiction of the chase. Yes. One off animal in California that I just, I couldn't get. So it's like a white whale for me. Mm. Right. Well, he had hets. Yeah, he had hets. hets. For, I, yeah, that's why I was like, "What the hell?" He and then I looked in the like book, and I'm like, four hundred dollars or something like that. It was cheap, possible, as hell. possible. So hats. they were okay. siblings to that one. I don't think that animal's produced babies yet. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. It's a female, so she should be coming up pretty soon, ready to go. But Jesus, she's a one-off. That pair has produced multiple clutches. None like her have ever come out. So. I think if she is something, she's going to be incomplete dominant. Right. right. So there's no, there would be no such thing as a possible head. Yeah, but I, I don't think he also had. And this isn't my story to tell, so I'm not going to get too much into yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I don't think he and that group necessarily were on the same page of what it was because right. he wholesaled the babies to some people and they sold them how uh, they were going to sell them. Right. Okay. Gotcha. But gotcha. I know that snake's still alive. She's still. Last I heard, she's still vanishing pattern and still kicking so if babies come out of that i'll try i'll try to <laughs> if if they happen the chase I will be there. <laughs> chase <laughs> all right casey's like the game is afoot and he just runs out it's what yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man awesome awesome so it's the best place for people to find you is on instagram yes instagram so i have cannon two- fire cannon fire reptiles on instagram I also have a like personal page, which is Creatures with Casey, which is the one where if I'm going out herping or hiking or something like that, I'll take pictures. I'm on that mm-hmm. one a lot more because okay. when people decided to make group chats, they decided to use that one instead of Cannon Fire. Because <laughs> I'm on a lot of Instagram group chats, kind of like we have on the Facebook group chats too. But right. yeah. Yeah, I didn't realize that you could do. I, see, this is how much I don't use Instagram. I, I want to oh, use got, Instagram more, right? They have group chats like, on the Instagram now, do they? Yeah, the Culture Network crowd is doing the Instagram stuff, and the Morelia Python crowd does the Facebook stuff. Yeah, I'm sure there's like a younger, like that's a Gen X millennial, and then I'm sure the Gen Zs have like a TikTok group chat. If you can even do that, yeah. like, send each other pictures of them dancing with their snakes. Is that what we have to do now uh, to be relevant? All right. I won't do TikTok. Well, I refuse. I'm sorry I, draw I won't either. I haven't done the it. TikTok. Is a jag for me. That's it. Scaleless nope, jag. Too far. Is, no, no, nope, yep. too far. Too far. That's the pairing. Too far. Yep. I can't do it. Come on, man. You don't want a Gen Xer on there with Gen Zers and like you know. Keith yeah, Peak is on TikTok. I know. It, he crazy. sends us all the TikTok videos all the he time. He sends us TikTok videos. And I think, you know what he's more so than anything, like me and him have this thing going where every day we're sending each other back musicians or of any type. It doesn't have to be guitar players. It's just of any type, right? Because he's just blown away by music and like people's ability to be able to do that, right? But he, he'll send me all these TikToks all day long of these guitar players. And it's so I get to watch it, but I, I'm not on there. So <laughs> it's, it's kind of how we all are on TikTok right now is like, even if you're not on it, your friends yeah. are kind of kind of let you know, like the cool stuff you'd be into. Yeah. 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 yeah 100%. Yeah. 
So I, I, I like it that way. Yeah, I'm fine with that. <laughs> too. I, I don't need to do. I don't need to be involved. Other people will find what I like and send it to me. Yeah, I kicked and screamed going on YouTube, man. Like, I, oh man, I, I didn't. I I didn't want to do that, he's, but then I'm like, I guess this is where podcast is going. Still so not happy about it. To, but yeah, gotta have to go this way. But uh, oh man, yeah, good talking to you, man. It was uh, good to catch up and uh, yeah, yeah, y'all too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hope. Uh, I hope you hit that those things that get you pumped up and get you back in the game and you know but. try to catch you at a Daytona or something. Yes, absolutely. I am. I've been talking to friends about Daytona like a lot this week, where we're like trying to figure out uh, plane tickets and stuff like that. Because I drive down, mm. but I'm driving down through Atlanta. So if some people can only get a cheap ticket to Atlanta, I can do a pickup thing and then drive down to Daytona. We 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 have Carpet Fest the weekend prior, and then other things. So I'm not sure if it's going to be able to swing this year. But so I'm on vacation that week. Yeah. So I'm thinking, like, can I can just I, end with Daytona, dude? Just go down. I, yeah. Can I just sneak away for like a I Friday and come down? That I do that for people on a on a podcast because I really only offer. It for, I do it for you, Eric. If you want to like ride down shotgun next to me, I'll fly into Atlanta. It's about a few hundred dollars cheaper. Is it? There you go. Yeah. You just have to leave in the morning on a Thursday. Um, <laughs> yeah, morning exactly. is That's... fine for me. <laughs> I, I am a morning Easy person. Enough, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. I'll, I'll keep in touch. I, I, I got to figure out if, if it, I think it's doable for me and I would like to go down there and hang out. Ditto. It's a good time. Uh, I'm going to try. I'd like to do that yeah. as a long weekend kind of thing right after Carpet Fest. So we'll see. And like, well, for our crowd, it's for me, like for, for me at least, Daytona is on the same level as like New Year's Eve. Like for the level of I look forward to it and I plan things around it. Like I don't think people really have that with reptile shows other places, but for like for us, no. Daytona's yeah. like the thing for the year. It seems like the the THP crowd has sort of made that home base, which is yes, awesome. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. it's kind of like uh, rejuvenated that show too. Like, well, yeah, yeah you guys yeah. all seem to be like located Tinley up around Park. Pennsylvania, Maryland, those places. Or like Georgia, South Carolina, Florida. Yeah. Yeah. We got the East Coast all like, like you know, locked all up. Locked yeah. down we between T- THP and NPR. We have it a lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> South of this line is THP territory. North is that? Yeah. <laughs> no, nah, I love those guys. Oh. Yeah. It was fun herping with them and all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah. Okay. All right, man. Uh, like I said, awesome, awesome talking with you, and uh, yeah, best of luck this season. Thank you, you guys too. All right, cool, thanks, Casey. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks.